Hello there friends, this is Spencer Michelle, and today we are going to be uh, chatting about the new moon in Capricorn 3. I hope that you're all doing well out there and everyone is seeing this and everything technically is going well. I'm try trying out some new, uh, some new software today, uh, trying to improve the production value, so we'll see how all of that goes. Um, and uh, <laughs> just bear with me and have patience. I'm going to roll out some of these features one at a time here. I'm using a program called StreamYard today, which helps me to put some new banners up and to just improve the overall look and vibe of the show. Um, I'm going to welcome a few of you here today. We're going to go on a little bit of a journey. We're going to go break down the new moon. We're going to look at the chart. We're going to look at the slides for decans of Capricorn, especially decans of Capricorn 3. We're going to do an I Ching and an animal, and we're going to take the new moon through all of the rising signs. So stick around for that. I'm just going to welcome a few of you here to the chat. Carol from Mass is here. It says cold here. How about Michigan? Yes, it is cold here in Michigan for sure, my friend. We are, we are in the throes of winter, and we are, uh, you know, it's the I guess it's the dog days, the dog days of winter, you could say. Um, I don't know if that's a thing. It's the cold days of winter. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cold. Uh, but we're hanging in there. I've uh, got my little plant light that uh, helps me with my little sunshine lamp. So uh, if you have something like that, this is a great time to, to check that out. Uh, Rachel Fletcher is here. Says hello from Roanoke, Virginia. Nice to see you, Rachel. Hope that you are doing well, my friend. Uh, Uranus Ascending is stopping by from outside Chicago. Nice to see you, Uranus Ascending. Uh, Dawn is here from Mobile, Alabama. Happy New Year from Mobile, Alabama. Hope you have a wonderful holiday season. You too, Dawn. I hope all of you have had a wonderful holiday season. I hope in the coming weeks that I'll be able to share some of your wonderful comments on the screen with this new program. That's not going to happen today uh, because there's a feature that I needed to work through. Uh, and I set it up a, a, in a strange way, but we'll try that next week. But I love seeing all the comments here in the chat, and um, please let me know that you're here and that you're with me today. Okay, friends. So we are going to uh, we are going to break some things down, uh, and <clears throat> before I do that, I want to show you a couple things that will be important. Uh, for the first part of Capricorn season here, or for the entire part of Capricorn season, I'm having a sale. Uh, if most of you are familiar with the Deccans of Capricorn webinar, or the, the Deccans webinars that I've been uh, producing over the last few years, and um, they are on sale right now, at least the Deccans of Capricorn is on sale. So if some of the slides and some of the themes that you are learning about today appeal to you, I go into much more depth uh, in this two and a half to three hour webinar that is now 20% off till the end of Capricorn season, which ends on the 20th of January. So pick that up if you are so inclined and um, yeah, check it out. It's, it's a good stuff. We also are in the midst of a brand new year. So uh, this is the gr a great time to check in with your local astrologer and figure out when you uh, might be experiencing some highs, may, might be experiencing lows, or might be experiencing anything in between. So check out the 2024 offerings at my website, spencermichelle.com. I have a number of different types of readings that you can uh, look through. I have the Mythos reading, which is basically your basic 
natal chart reading where we're going over mythology using uh, Hellenistic techniques, analyzing the seven traditional planets. Um, I bring in Decanic Tarot into that reading. That one is a two-hour reading, so it's a huge deep dive into your chart. Uh, that is the, the flagship offering, I will say. I also do something called the Kairos reading, which is a uh, transit reading, where I go over uh, the next three months of your life and go over in depth. We look at the the planet that is your ruling planet for the year from your annual perfections. We are looking at your solar return chart. We're looking at detailed transits for the next three months. I like to do it for three months because that gives us something that's actionable to do within uh, a, a more condensed time frame. If you would like to look at the entirety of the year, I have uh, a Hore package, which is, Hore is basically the uh, fancy name for the seasons. So this is a seasonal check-in where we do the three months every, every uh, like an hour and a half every three months. So check that out. You get a discount if you sign up for that. If you wanted to do a more general reading for the year, you can uh, schedule an oracle reading where you can ask one specific question, or you can design it the way that you want. Uh, you can look at outer planet transits. Um, you can ask about a new job, a love affair, uh, anything that's challenging you. Uh, I also have a small Trinity Big Three mini reading with Sun, Moon, Rising, which is uh, 45 minutes long, which is a lot of fun. I did one of those the other day, and uh, we get it surprisingly get into a lot of depth, even with just going over those particular placements. Uh, I also do tutoring if you are interested in learning more about astrology. Uh, I am a certified Hellenistic astrologer, and I love to teach, and I've been a teacher for um, going on 25 years now. So uh, if you are interested in learning more about some of the things that we are talking about today, check it out. And then finally, we do something on this in this channel, in this group called Integrative Divination or Guided Group Study. Often that is sort of the book club that I've been doing. Um, and we're going to have more offerings with that, more webinars, more, more learning opportunities. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Sign up for my email list if you are interested in knowing when those things are going to be launched. I have some things planned for 2024. Um, there's going to be some monthly offerings coming soon. So if you want to know when all that's going on, check it out. Sign up and we'll be good to go. All right. So that is what I have for the advertisements. <laughs> I guess you could say we got to we got to make sure that we're paying the bills here. Um, so I hope that uh, you'll take advantage of some of those things in the coming new year. Let's talk a little bit about this new moon. Um, welcoming a few more friends here. Laura Elizabeth is stopping in. Says, Happy New Year, Spencer. Looking forward to getting lots done during Mars and Capricorn. Yes, Laura, that is an excellent point. We have uh, some really nice dignity improvement for Mars, and we'll break that down when we look at the chart uh, for the new moon in Capricorn, which happens on Thursday, January 11th. The first thing I wanted to do, though, is before we just look at the chart itself, I want to just tell you a little bit about Capricorn 3. So this is something where uh, we are experiencing the third decade of Capricorn. And this is a slide from my Decans of Capricorn webinar. And you can see here that it is syncretized with a tarot card. This is the Four of Pentacles. And I've got these little Deccan, digital Deccan flash, flash cards that come with uh, the webinar slides so you can kind of learn all of the different esoteric combinations and and associations with each 10 degree section. 
Capricorn 3 is interesting. Capricorn 3 is a Sun-ruled Deccan in a Saturn-ruled sign. So each of these 10 degree sections has a planetary ruler um, and each of the signs has its own ruler. So we're in Saturnian winter, right? Um, we are in this Capricorn slow and steady building our structures type of phase. But the sun is showing us the, and shining a big spotlight on the types of responsibilities that we might have. Um, we can consider this the, the throne of power, right? Book T calls it earthly power, the lord of earthly power. Book of Toth says the lord of, of power. Austin Coppett in his 36 Faces book calls it the throne. So here we are consolidating and collecting resources to be able to build our empires. You can think of themes like administrating power, CEOs, kings, thrones, feeling the weight of our responsibilities. Capricorn isn't always necessarily a flashy sign. Oftentimes people with these placements will show up, do their jobs quietly, and then be given more responsibility because they're consistent and people know that they can count on them. So this new moon that we have coming up could be highlighting the places where we're able to take responsibilities within our life uh, or where we might be feeling the weight of our responsibilities. Um, we also have to be careful in this decade of only considering the material ramifications of what we're doing. So there may be uh, some time periods where we are really getting overwhelmed with trying to figure out how to afford things, our budget, our savings, long-term financial responsibilities. And sometimes that can feel really heavy. And we have to balance that out with our, with our spiritual essence, with more of an airy or emotional consciousness as well. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Cancer son. And uh, Capricorn season, Capricorn energy in the past has been some, somewhat... I don't know if it's uncomfortable, but it, it just it's sort of a little bit out of my wheelhouse sometimes. And I've had to learn how to incorporate more of those qualities into my life. And funnily enough, the universe has provided me with opportunities with relationships with people that have this type of energy. Uh, my, my lovely partner, Tanya Andrews, who runs uh, a wonderful esoteric magical business called Third Coast Mojo, check it out, on Etsy has the her rising sign in this decan of Capricorn, Capricorn 3. So, you know, I watch her toil and, and be able to do a lot of hard work and be able to take on a lot of responsibilities and, and just kind of grind out, you know, uh, life sometimes. And it's been really instructive. And, and she's the type of person who quietly goes about her business and eventually takes on a lot of responsibility. And when she moves on from a position they often replace her with three people. So this is the kind of the energy of a Capricorn uh, rising or sun sign. My, my lovely daughter, who's going to experience a birthday shortly after this new moon, is turning 20 years old. Happy birthday, Sophie, is a Capricorn 3 sun. And similar type of energy. Like she, from a very young age, has, you know, I've, when you ask her what she wanted to be when she grew up, she was like, I, I want to be the boss. <laughs> so she already knew at like five years old that she wanted to um, be in charge. And, um, you know, that, you know, there was some, some moments uh, in the, the, the father-daughter relationship <laughs> when she was younger that where we butted heads a little bit because we're both Leo Risings. And, you know, that's another, you know, sign that sort of enjoys being in charge. And, um, but... You know, 
one of the things she asked for when she was five years old was a jar of pennies so that she could sort her pennies. So from very young ages, these folks are thinking for the long term. Um, they are taking on mantles of responsibility. Uh, my daughter is in college now. Uh, she was able to get a full ride scholarship to the to the college of her choice and is now studying to be an administrator of the a university library. So she's studying library science, but she wants to be the person that is in, in charge of the library system and raising funds and doing grant writing and doing public policy and all of those types of things. So she's willing to take on some of the mantles of responsibility that maybe other people might not be. Um, and this has been true throughout her life. So if you are experiencing this Capricorn 3 energy, you also might be having, uh, you know, an understanding of the types of responsibilities that you are carrying, and maybe even ones that have become stale and stagnant, and that need to be transformed in some kind of way, or you may have be having some uh, interactions with authority figures, in, in particular bureaucratic systems. We're going to see the Sun conjoin with Pluto shortly after this particular new moon. So it might be shining a spotlight on some of the, the corruption that may be happening in our bureaucratic systems or how we delegate responsibility or take on the mantle of responsibility. So that is something to keep in mind as we are moving forward. Um, so gathering wealth is another theme with this Deccan. This is a, a Deccan and a tarot card that esoteric um, philosophers will associate with the um, the Sephira in the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, sort of an energy center. It's the closest thing you could maybe compare it to is like a chakra energy center. Uh, they they uh, compare this to like a, a flow state. It's called Hesed. So this is uh, Hesed in Asia. And that's the world that's associated with the earth signs and with the pentacles. So Hesed is like a gathering. Uh, uh, it's a Jupiter-ruled um, Sephira. So it, it's like an expansion or a gathering of this energy. So we're gathering material resources. And that can be a good thing. It can also be taken to an extreme. So we could be in danger of hoarding the, uh, the flow of abundance as well. So the negative parts of this Deccan are, are hoarding resources and saying, oh, we don't have enough, we don't have enough, and when is, when is it enough? Those are questions to ask yourself. The opposite Deccan of Cancer sees a figure underneath uh, a tree meditating with his arms closed, saying, I've had enough, I'm satisfied, I'm full. So there is this kind of um, you know, balancing point and balancing energy with Cancer 3 and Capricorn 3. So some of the things that you can ask yourself during this season. Uh, what responsibilities have you taken on? How do you manage your power with grace? Okay, there's, there's ways to do it gracefully. There's ways to do it like a tyrant. And we've seen all of these things play out in the collective uh, recently as well. So decide how, what kind of leader that you want to be. Recognize that if you choose the path of the tyrant, what you're doing is you're seeding your own... Uh, undoing. You're seeding the revolution that will overthrow you. So being a benevolent um, leader is something that will allow you to be in service of the people that you are leading. And, and it will help you to, to maintain 
whatever position that you've attained, hopefully, as well, if you lead with kindness and with a service mindset. You could also ask yourself, are you hoarding resources or allowing them to flow? Uh, do you own your possessions or do they own you? This is an important one. A lot of times I see with Capricorn energy uh, a, a, a strong need to fit into the overarching social construct of the time, to be accepted by their community. And a lot of this comes from a, a youth where they may have been on the on the outskirts of that. They may have been in exile. Um, they may have been coming from from rags, trying to move to riches. There's a lot of rags to riches stories in Capricorn because we have the rebirth of the light that we start with the the least amount of solar light and eventually we build to that peak moment in ca cancer season. Um, so there is a a fundamental need for security, I think, in this sign. Just like cancer, but cancer seeks security through emotional bonds. Capricorn seeks that security often through material means. Now we're making some assumptions. That doesn't mean that if you're a Capricorn or have Capricorn placements that you don't have feelings and you don't have emotions and all of those things. It's just these are some of the archetypes associated with the sign. Um, so really being able to ascertain when we've had enough, when we don't need to keep ascending the mountain, um, when we don't need to, you know, eventually we get to the top and, and we have to come down the other side. And the question that you have to ask yourself when you get in this deck is, when you're coming down the other side, are you going to have friends with you or are you going to be alone? Um, because often on the other side of that mountain peak is uh, a come uppance or something of that nature, a downfall. So we get to choose what that's going to look like based on our on our actions on our way to the top. We have to be careful about this um, being overly ambitious during this season, uh, and particularly with Mars and Capricorn. Now, that's a very effective place for Mars. It is Mars in its exaltation, but it can also lead to a little bit of ruthlessness too, where we want to be able to achieve our goals by any means necessary, and we have to be careful of that. Um, and then asking yourself, is, is the throne a palace or a prison, right? Oftentimes when we ascend to seats of power, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel like we're stuck in that position and that, you know, f we have to do more and more terrible things to, to maintain it. And again, this is what Pluto is going to be shining a big, you know, spotlight on with the sun conjoining Pluto is... What have we done to maintain these positions of power and to, to keep things the way that we, that we uh, that benefit us, you know, so to speak, or benefit those in power? How do we keep those systems the same? Um, you know, I, I often tell the story of Precus with this particular sign, the, the king of the sea goats. Precus had the ability to change time or turn back time, uh, and he, he utilized that because he was sad that his little goat children kept leaving the ocean and then losing their ability to think and to speak and he kept turning back time so that they come back to the ocean so there's this there's there's part of the conservative nature of capricorn right the the, the desire to uh to keep a, a golden age of, of whatever they consider that um saturn was considered the leader or the the, the king of the a golden age in some kind of philosophical background so Eventually, though, Precus realizes that, that no matter what he does, his little goat children are going to leave and that he's going to be alone. 
and he begs his father, Kronos, aka Saturn, to allow him to die, which Kronos grants this gift because that's one of Kronos's favorite things is ushering people along to the next was stage through death and uh, put put Precus up in the, in the stars and in, in the sky as a con the constellation Capricorn. So there is this, sometimes this desire to turn back to some kind of imagined golden age in Capricorn that we have to be careful of because oftentimes it's based on an illusion. All right. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for that super sticker. I'm just going to check in with the chat here. So that's the decans of Capricorn. I'm going to uh, go back here, just learning all the new features of this. I'm looking in this chat. Uh, let's see here. Thank you so much, Michelle, for that super sticker. If you, those of you want to make a material donation in the work that I'm doing here today, uh, you can hit the, first of all, you can hit the like and the subscribe button. Okay, that's the easiest thing to do to support the channel. You also can make a material donation through the little dollar sign in the chat. It's called Super Chat or Super Sticker. That really helps me keep the lights on here. It helps me do the research that I do. It buys me the gift of time. Um, and Michelle has just uh, helped out with that and, and does so every week, which is super generous. Thank you, Michelle. Hopefully some of the things resonated with you here today. I believe that she's a Capricorn rising. Always consistent, right? <laughs> consistently present. I love that about Michelle. Um, so yes, that is the way you can support the channel. If you're listening to this after the fact, you can also support the channel by buying me a coffee at buymecoffee.com. Uh, you can find all of these links in the description of this video or wherever you are consuming this podcast. Uh, a couple other people are joining us here today. Uh, let's see. Mordo Wild is here. Good evening, Spencer. Nice to see you, Carol. Carol just lost a fur baby. I'm sorry, Carol, just sending you super amount of love. Um, I have two fur babies myself, and I know how difficult it can be when we're, you know, seeing our little, our little friends go over the rainbow bridge. So holding you in my in my thoughts and in my heart today, and hope that uh, just this is at least a maybe a distraction from some of that. I don't know how healing all of this is going to be because um, it just takes time. But maybe we can just think about some other stuff today. But I'm glad that you're here with us. Robin is here. Robin Dira is here. Nice to see you. Happy New Year to you, friend. Hope you're doing well. Devin Malone is joining us. How are you doing, Devin? Devin says, Abu Mushar says, Capricorns like to focus on responsibility for the marginalized, gathering money to be redistributed to the children of Saturn, the disabled, the widowed, and the orphaned. I like that, Devin. And I've, we've seen that play out to be to be true. Like another you know, interesting Capricorn that we see is uh, Dolly Parton, who does a lot of ph philanthropic work as well. Uh, so that is something that we have been, uh, that I think rings true uh, and is a good, a, a good point for sure. Okay. Leah, let me know if you have any other thoughts, comments, questions about Capricorn. Throw it in the chat. Just let me know that you're here. Um, like I said, we're testing out some new, some new technology today. Uh, and we're rolling it out in stages. Last week I uh, rolled out kind of a new camera setup with a new lighting structure. This week I'm, I'm learning about uh, how to utilize a new streaming program. Uh, hopefully in, in the future I will be able to put your comments up on the screen and also live stream to different locations like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or th things of that nature. So working on that but trying to keep it as simple as I can 
and learn things one step at a time in Capricorn fashion. Okay. Oh, uh, yes. Michelle is a Cap Rising Virgo sun. Nice. Big Steph 63 says, hi, everyone. Happy New Year listening while I cook. Cool. Nice to see you, Big Steph. Hope that you're doing well. Big Steph, are you in Australia, if I'm remembering this correctly? Are you an Australian or a West Coaster? I can't remember. One of those, one of those two, potentially. But welcome from wherever you're joining us from. So what is next? What is next? So what we're going to do next is we are going to take a look at the chart. So I'm going to share my screen and we're going to take a look at the new moon in Capricorn 3. So this is the chart of the new moon. This is something where we are we are seeing the, and I'm going to annotate, I've got a new annotation tool here too. I'm getting used to. So here is the new moon at 20 degrees of Capricorn. Oh, big Steph is in France. She says, oh, nice. So I knew it was a foreign place potentially. So um, bonjour, my friend. And uh, that's about the extent of the French that I know. So he had to teach me some French. My friend Prudence is stopping in as well. Hello, Prudence. Nice to see you. So we're looking at this new moon at 20 degrees of Capricorn. And you can see that it's stacked up with a couple of other planets. It, that Mars is co-present with the Sun and the Moon and Pluto at the anoretic degree of Capricorn, which is the final degree of Capricorn, 29 degrees, shortly before Pluto and the Sun on the same day are going to move into Aquarius. So we are just kind of building up to this Sun-Pluto conjunction that's going to be a big feature of this lunar cycle. Our... Uh, host for this particular lunation is Saturn. So you can see we are providing resources from Saturn to the, the, the lunation. This is a, a relationship where we are providing Saturnian themes from the first decan of Pisces to the Capricorn Sun and Moon and Mars, and I mean, maybe Pluto. I don't know if Pluto necessarily is part of that equation. Uh, I still have some questions about whether outer planets have the same guest host relationship that the traditional ones do. But let, for our purposes today, let's assume that Pluto is also drawing upon those energies. So what is Saturn providing for this particular lunation, this new moon? Well, Saturn is asking us to get clear about the underlying mycelium that connects our physical reality to our spiritual realities. And you can really, you could call this dreams, you could call this hopes, you could call this, uh, I don't know, your, your visionary qualities. You could call this your personal mythology. So when we are thinking about the behind-the-scenes background spiritual ways that we find meaning and purpose in our lives, oftentimes they are rooted in stories that we accept as our reality. And Saturn is asking us to get, get real about those psychological narratives. Um, it is going to bring some of our dreams into reality. Saturn is a planet that concretizes things into reality by eliminating the other options. So that there is going to be some dreams that become real. 
there are going to be some of them that are going to pass on and be returned back to the earth. And that's okay. We can't manifest every single dream that we have. Uh, we can dream a lot faster than we can manifest on the physical plane. So getting clear about which of those dreams are important to us, which of them we which of them we want to bring into reality, and which of them is untenable. Oftentimes as well, we have stories that block us from manifesting our dreams. So there may also be an opportunity during this time period to get very clear about how, uh, what, what might be blocking you from your manifestation energy, from bringing your dream into reality. And it could be all sorts of things. Um, you know, personally, I, what, one of, I'll be vulnerable here for a minute. One of my narratives that made, has made manifestation difficult is I had a, a belief when I was younger that if you had money or if you were uh, somebody who did business, you were an evil person. This belief came from having a grandparent who owned a company in Chicago who inherited it from his immigrant father who was the the brains and the hard worker behind the you know company and he basically ran it into the ground he just you know he was the the son of the person who did the work and did some things that were probably less than ethical at to to try to maintain his position of wealth and power and as a young person and as a teenager i observed this and felt bad about it um, and rejected it, um, and also saw it tear apart my family. So one of the beliefs that I internalized at that time is that pursuing wealth in any form will tear your family apart. Now, is that true? No. It, 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 can it be true? Yes. Is there situations where if we allow our shadow energy to dominate, that that can be true? Absolutely. But that narrative in the past has caused myself and maybe even some other people who share a similar belief to reject any type of uh, pursuit of material resources or wealth. And that just isn't sustainable. Um, as we get older, we realize that, you know, I, I definitely feel that money is not evil anymore. I, I used to think this. Do I think that there's still a huge wealth gap that is inequitable? Is there a wealth inequality gap? Uh, have we seen you know, billionaires become more billionaire? Absolutely. Do we need to make changes with that? Yes. But there are also ways to do business and to have material security that, that are ethical, where you gather what you need and then you philanthropically share with the rest of the people in the world where you don't necessarily have to hoard like the third decan of Capricorn warns us against. So those are, that's just an example of a, of a Pisces one narrative that Saturn will have to change in, in my particular life. And your version of that may be different. You may have a narrative about something completely different that is holding you back from, from doing something or achieving a dream or something like that. Um, 
my approach to that narrative for a long time was um, live as Spartan a life as possible. <laughs> like, uh, so that was it, that was sustainable for a certain period of time. Um, but also, what I will say about that is that at a certain point, when you're living like that, some other factor in your life is trying to bring balance whether it's through a family member or a partner like i had the luxury the luxury and the privilege of allow of just being poor i guess i will say that um because i had other people in my life that were helping me and acknowledging that is so important um and as i get older and that support changes and i'm learning how to take on my own responsibility. That's one of the journeys in my own life is learning to take responsibility for my own life and to take care of myself. And uh, and it's a lifelong journey. This is the, for those of you who are familiar with my chart, I have a stellium with Jupiter, uh, Mars, and Saturn in the second house. And it's a really big lesson to say, you know what, it's okay for you to go out and support yourself. So I'm hopefully sharing something that resonates with you as far as that's my personal journey. That's not going to be the journey for everyone. But what I want you to do at this new moon is maybe ask yourself, which are the the types of stories that are either uh, holding you back from maybe, maybe achieving more in your life? Uh, or which of the ones that are actually supporting your dreams? Because there are things that are supporting your dream uh, that Saturn is making you aware of as well. Okay, so that is sort of the, the, the main themes. Um, just some other kind of uh, interesting things that I'm seeing in the chart is we have Mars making a really interesting, um, I'm gonna get rid of this for a second. Well, let's do a new one. So we have Mars here making a beautiful trine to Jupiter shortly after this new moon also. So this is something that I'm keeping an eye on also. Okay. So this is a, uh, this is, I think, what I'm seeing with this is the ability to expand our plans for material abundance, which Jupiter in the first second of Taurus is asking us to do. It says, are you afraid of being destitute five of pentacles style well you need to make plans like her like hermes uh to be able to to plant the and sow the fields of your life plant the seeds that will eventually grow into material security and abundance um mars in the first decan of capricorn is showing us the pros and cons of our goals or the new places that we want to plant those seeds in. Think about Mars as the plow on some level. Mars is like a really nice, I don't know, John Deere tractor that will help you plow that field. It's a great tool that will allow you to um, really work that land well. Uh, so it's, it's a good time to take action for the long term. Here's an example, another example of this. My, my beautiful Capricorn 3 daughter recently, she's been working with like a mentor. And um, that mentor has been giving her some really good advice, like financial advice, and was encouraging her to invest in a high yield savings account. And she did, and, and 
she it's tested it out with a month's worth of uh, just a small amount, but was very surprised at the return that she got on her investment. She's like, Papa, you need to check this out. You need to check, you know, uh, <laughs> my strategy has been keeping my life savings in a checking account, <laughs> which is stupid. Um, so she's like, you need to get this. You need to have, make your money start building and working for you. And I'm like, okay. Like, uh, part of my, my issue is that being an uh, astrologer or someone who has had a lot of challenges with capitalism and with the system that we live in and have has an ability sometimes to rise above it and see how all of the game works. Sometimes when I know what the, how the game works, I get frustrated with it and I don't want to play the game. And but at the same time, though, there is a limit to our, I think, to our idealism. I am someone who thinks that it is important to change the system. I also feel like there's a certain limit to how much each individual should have to carry the burden of suffering to do so. And that's important. I think that we can share that burden together. And just because you want to change a system does not mean that you have to be uh, destitute. That That is a suffering that, that doesn't necessarily help anyone because if you aren't in good enough shape to go out and do what you need to do, you're not going to be able to provide for others. And, and this is a hard lesson that I think Capricorn, this moon is going to be teaching us too, is that if we want to make changes in our life, if we want to be able to provide in a philanthropic way for others, like Devin was suggesting, that Capricorn is actually very good at, we have to accept the fact that there are certain systems that we have to build into our lives that we have to work within. I think this is really important, that we have to work within. And I say within because Capricorn energy is about working inside the walls of society and the, and the castle. When we get into Aquarius season, then we're going to work outside the castle walls. We're, we're going to work on the fringes. We're going to work on doing things in that unorthodox way. There's going to be plenty of time for that. I want you to remember, though, that every energy in the zodiac is important and useful and necessary. So this, this Capricorn energy of, of knowing when to work within a system to create structures of support is is vital, okay? It's just as vital as some of the dismantling and reimagining of those structures that maybe Aquarius might be more inclined towards. So this is a balance that we have to learn in our life of how do we accept the things that we can't change and then work towards the changes that we need to make. And I think Mars trine Jupiter is a really important moment for understanding the types of things that we can do, the actions that we can take within the system. And again, I totally understand that the system is flawed and it does not work for everyone. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been more and more cognizant, at, you know, I was of the privileges that we have uh, of various forms, whether it's the privileges of, you know, being male or the privileges of being white or the privileges of living in an affluent country like America. All of those things, uh, you know, you don't, you try not to take that for granted and you try to learn from it and you try to uh, understand how to use that to uplift others as well. Um, 
but it's a learning process. It's something that I don't fully understand and that I'm going through that process as well. Okay, friends. So those are all my caveats around building wealth. Okay. <laughs> I know that's not exactly what everyone wants to hear all the time. Like there are a lot of uh, metaphysical channels out there that's like, this is a great money sign. This is a great money aspect. And ooh, get your, treat yourself, you know, like, and, and I'm learning that some of that's okay. But at the same time, being able to come to it from a balanced perspective, I think is really healthy, especially when we are inundated in the collective with people that don't have those advantages. The other privilege that, that we have in America for the most part um, and it's different for everyone, but but for the most part, is the privilege of peace. Uh, and we're seeing on a global scale that everybody does not have that privilege. So it's very hard to build your wealth um, <laughs> when your city's being bombed or something like that. Like that's, you know, there are different levels of this. Okay, so 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 consider that as well. All right. So those are the main things that I'm seeing in the chart. A couple of the things I wanted to point out. Um, one actually really important one. Oops, let me, let me get rid of that. So you can see that the sun and the moon are at 20 degrees of Capricorn. I will also have you notice that the nodes of the moon are at 20 degrees of Aries and Libra, respectively. So this is bringing us into a T-square type of uh, relationship. Now, when we have a T-square with the nodes, that's a condition called being at the bending of the nodes. And when we are at the bending of the nodes, that's a big turning point towards either increase or decrease. Hellenistic astrologers would talk about the south node as a place of decrease where energy was leaving the material plane. The north node being a place of increase where energy was coming into the material plane. Now, I'm not saying that one or the other is better or worse. I think that we have to learn to accept periods of decrease in our lives, of letting go, so that we can make better new starts. Now, I th this, this lunation being at the bending of the nodes at 20 degrees of Capricorn, it gives it extra juice. And what's happening is that both the sun and the moon are starting to move towards the increase of the north node in Aries. So this may be in a pivotal time to be able to um, start moving away from dependence on others, Libra 3, and move towards more of an independence, Aries 3, right? You may need to move more towards getting people more towards your viewpoint rather than always adjusting to someone else's viewpoint. So by taking on the mantle of responsibility at this new moon, you may be able to bring more personal sovereignty and independence into your life. This is one that is going to, I think, really help you to work through independence. So I wanted to point that out because I do think it's a very, it's a big feature of this, of this new moon is it being at the bending of the nodes, which the nodes were associated with faded conditions. So when we have a faded condition, um, sometimes it feels like it has more power than, than a normal new or full moon. Okay, I'm going to check in on the chat here. I'm going to stop my share, I think. Go back here. 
We've got some nice comments coming in. Stephen the Jupiterian is here. Nice to see you, Stephen. Uh, Mr. Hindsight is here. Happy New Year from sunny 60 degrees San Francisco. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's not that here. It's in the, I think it's in the 30s, maybe 20, late, early 20s, <laughs> late 20s, uh, high 20s, low 30s. There you go. Um, Stephen says, San Francisco here too. Happy Gregorian New Year. Yes, that is funny, right? The Gregorian New Year, which is the one that we measure time with, uh, in Western civilization doesn't seem to hit as hard when you do astrology and when you start learning about the solstices and um, those more pagan holidays I really start to feel the energy of the new year growing around the winter solstice and I think that the new year is good because you know there's intention setting and there's numero numerological value to it but it's you know it's, we're just kind of rolling in Capricorn season Okay, Jennifer's here. It says Happy New Year from Ann Arbor, Michigan, in my in my backyard. There, Jennifer, nice to see you. Stephen says, "Hit the like button, everyone." Yes, please. Here we go. I can put it on the screen for you. Please like and subscribe <laughs> while we're doing the chat. We can remind you to like and subscribe. Uh, that is always very helpful. Testing out some new production values today. Uh, hopefully it's going well. I'm I'm learning. I've got multiple screens going here, and it's it's like orchestrating. It, you know, it's orchestrating a symphony, a symphony of astrology. So, hopefully, uh, everyone is enjoying the new the new stuff. I'll get better at it as we go along. Morgan is here. Says preach. Yeah, we're preaching about having a healthy relationship with material resources, and maybe releasing guilt about having material security while also appreciating the fact that the system that we live in isn't fair and is flawed and not everyone has the advantages that we we have and um, I think gratitude is just the, the the main way to deal with that is being grateful for what we do have and and not trying to take more than we need and sharing what we do have if we have more than we do need so those are good good things to fall back on. Morgan says, wow, that's great advice. I had an academic mentor once whose financial advice to me was to get lots of credit cards. Oh, no, Morgan. Oh, yeah, credit cards. I don't even have a credit card. I, I My dad used to preach about getting into credit card debt. Like That was another reason why I had a negative view of money in the past. Is I grew up in a family that, that carried a lot of debt, and they carried debt from... Honestly, I felt guilty. This is another like Saturn revelation. Um, my parents were divorced when I was very young and had a really nasty custody battle. Um, my mom sent me over to my dad's when I was about four years old and then felt bad about it and took my dad to court when I was like nine or ten. And both of them went into an extreme amount of debt uh, for because of me. So, you know, but at the same time, the things that you have to learn is that it's not your fault. Those are the choices that they made. And if you have a story like that in your life, it's something that, um, you know, it, it just, just letting go of that guilt of carrying that around too. But yes, the credit card thing, credit cards are tough, right? Oftentimes in this society, they, they tell you that credit is important. And in some regards it is, but on, in other ways, like it's a, it's an easy way to get yourself in a hole. I've, I've really enjoyed saving and the concept of delayed gratification. I think this is one of the biggest problems that we have in our current society is we aren't 
we want everything immediately. And I think that a better way to go about it if you want financial security is just save until you have the means to buy something. That That's actually led me to much better uh, successful outcomes uh, as an adult. Mr. Hindsight says, Spencer, you're talking about me when we're talking finances. Yeah. A lot of us who are, you know, follow an intellectual and spiritual path sometimes have difficulty with this topic. So it is definitely a theme that comes up in these circles for sure. Um, so again, I, I think balance is the key. Big Stuff says, you still have to survive. The universe gave you a Cap 3 daughter for a reason. A amen to that stuff. Uh, the universe definitely did want to teach me some things. Um, I think that she's been a blessing as far as her mindset. Uh, and she's literally trying to help me you know, figure out long-term financial securities. Because <laughs> she's probably like... Yo, know, I don't want to have to take care of you, Dad, when you're old. Like, you need to get your shit together. <laughs> so, like, um, so we're, I'm working on it, kid. Um, let's see. Let's see. Jennifer says, you have to learn how to work with others for everyone to prosper. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Uh, Michelle is agreeing with some of the things we're talking about. Dawn says, it's a catch-22. You need people to stockpile with stockpiles of money to be able to do research needed to progress life and society, but sometimes people have no desire to help others at all, and that's sad. I agree with that, Don. I think that, yeah, we, you know, resources are just tools, and like any other tool, we can utilize them to, to help people, or we can utilize them to hurt people. My lovely Capricorn 3 partner, another example of this, has worked in the nonprofit sector for many, many years. Like, she worked for a gardening nonprofit that was helping to raise money to teach people how to grow food in their backyards. Um, she is the manager of a farmer's market, so she's utilizing resources to help feed people. So there's lots of ways to, to be able to be good with resources to help people in your, in your world. So we need people with those skill sets. Steven says, a big lesson to learn. I was always given a credit card and was like, yay, I have money, <laughs> yeah. It feels like free money, doesn't it? It feels like free money, but there's always uh, the snapback, right? There's the payback and the interest, the interest rates. And they don't tell you about those 20, 30% interest rates on some of those cards. You can get in trouble super, super quick. Uh, Devin says, the new moon at the bending is an omen to the next eclipse. That's a good point. So we're going to be, I believe, Devin is the new, the next eclipse, the, um, the Aries eclipse in April where we have the eclipse at 19 degrees of Aries. So th that's a great point. This is setting us up for the really big new start that we are going to see with the new moon in Aries, where we are really going to be as asserting our independence. Uh, Morgan says, same here, Spencer. Some of these comments were on delay because I have a little bit of a delay, so I'm just getting back to the backlog. It says the Gregorian New Year just feels kind of moot. I I'm there with you, Morgan. Steven is rolling with my homies here. <laughs> well, you're in the right place, Steven. Uh, Prudence says all the changes are looking good. Good, good, Prudence. I'm trying to increase the production values of the show. I, I think that we all need to grow to to continue to 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 grow as people. And um, I think that I, I pride myself on being consistent. But sometimes that can get me into a rut where making changes is like moving an oil tanker in a different direction. But I've been working really hard in the last few weeks trying to, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but the learning curve is a little bit steeper than I anticipated. 
but so far it's going well. And again, hopefully by next week, I will be able to share your comments on the screen and maybe live stream to different locations as well and expand our reach and, and bring more people into the, into the conversation and, and hopefully include more of your wonderful thoughts and comments and questions on the screen in the channel so to feel, to help you feel even more included in the process. I wasn't able to do that today because I actually, uh, there's a, a quirk in the program StreamYard, and I won't bore you to death with this, but the, basically if you're into this kind of thing, if you, if you schedule a stream in YouTube and then you try to bring it into StreamYard, comments are disabled. So in the future, I'm going to have to start the, the, the live stream in StreamYard and then export it out to YouTube, and then I'll be able to bring all your comments in. And I wasn't able to, to end the previous um, live stream because I already sent out all the promo for it. So those, that's why that's going like it is today. But Morgan says, the video looks great. I'm not sure how you survived with just a laptop screen for so long. Oh, I'll tell you what, Morgan. My eyes were squinty. <laughs> I've got a 25-inch screen now, a secondary laptop screen, and I even have an iPad thing here that I'm not using today. I tried to simplify it, but I have a that is an option if I need it. Um... Let's see. Michelle says, I work on commission, so I have dry spells and live off credit and then pay it off when I get paid. I've been lucky enough to be able to do that. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's ways to utilize credit that where you can be responsible with it, but you just you have to be careful because sometimes things happen um, and little things can pile up. And so I think that there's ways to responsibly use credit for sure. Uh, so everyone's situation is different. This is why, like, when people give financial advice on these channels, and this is why I don't do that very often. First of all, because I'm not a financial expert. If you are looking to me to be uh, <laughs> for financial advice, just go to my daughter instead. Like, um, but I will say that uh, there are different tools for creating abundance, and there everyone has a different set of supports in their life. Uh, different pillars of support, whether it's from their family, whether it's from their own skill set, whether it's from their their hemarmene, which is the advantages that they were born into, the fate that they just inherited. So, so the, all, everyone's got differences with that. So, when you try to get financial advice from a trust fund kid, that's different than someone who grew up, you know, homeless. Like th th these are different types of things. And yes, there may be some things that are uh, universal. But always consider the source when you're taking advice like that and, and figure out if it's right for your situation or not. I think that's the best the best way to do it. Big Steph says, my oldest daughter is cap three. She would get nervous without some savings. I'm flying by the seat of my pants type back then. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe uh, Big Steph, I don't know. I Remind me of your big three, but maybe your cap three daughter is trying to teach you this kind of stuff as well. Uh, Morgan says the total eclipse over North America. I'm so excited. Anyone else traveling to see the totality? Um, that'll be interesting, right? We'll have to we'll have to see what the path of that uh, brings us. I'll, I'll I'll take a look at that and we'll see where it's going to move over the states. That's going to move over. Uh, we'll do a few more comments here, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the new moon through the signs, and uh, we'll show you some of the the production things that I've been doing with that too. Uh, Mr. Hindsight says, we'll try to. Born in an eclipse, went to Oregon in 2017 to see one, felt like I was looking at myself. Ooh, that's interesting. Be careful about looking straight into the eclipse, not only just for the for your eyesight, um, but there were some ancient uh, axioms, I guess I will say, about 
not looking straight into it and that being the eclipses in ancient times were actually considered somewhat malefic events so just be careful if you're staring straight into it maybe look through a mirror or something like that <laughs> yes it is a superstition but um for those of you who are magically inclined it's not a crystal charging day and just be careful about absorbing too much of the of the baleful rays they would say okay all right friends awesome comments again i i'm gonna Hope to be able to share more of them next week. I think we're going to do a Capricorn Q&A next week, so make sure that you tune in for that and bring your questions, and we'll be able to see them and talk about them in real time. So what I'm going to do now, my friends, is I am going to, I'm going to show you my screen here uh, in relationship. I'm going to, we'll get rid of this here. Get rid of that. We're going to switch over to our individual rising signs. And we'll go in a different view here. How about this? So you can see the chart a little bit better. Boom. You don't need to see my face super big for this. The chart is more important than my, than my mug. So what we are experiencing here for Capricorn Rising. On this channel, we try to keep things uh, egalitarian. And we don't always start with Aries Rising. We start, one. somebody in the chat had a really great idea about starting with the rising sign where the sun was currently in. So here we're going to start with Capricorn rising since the sun is, is transiting through Capricorn right now. So Capricorn rising, uh, you are experiencing the new moon in your first house. It's going to be hosted by Saturn in your third, and then we're going to have this trine with Jupiter in the fifth house. So first house Capricorn rising, this could be a new start for taking on new responsibilities personally. When we have angular houses, we often experience a lunation uh, much more personally than we would if it was in what is called a succeedant or a cadent house. Uh, the angular houses are houses 1, 4, 7, and 10. So those are concentration points in, in ancient astrology. Um, We'll f feel it a little bit more if we have it in a succeeding house, 2, 5, 8, and 11. And we may see it happen to someone near us, but not necessarily to us as personally if we have it in the Caden houses, which are 3, 6, 9, and 12. So with this one, Capricorn Rising, this is a very personal new moon for you, where you may be taking on new responsibility so that you can move towards a sense of independence, especially maybe around your home and your family. Uh, there is going to be a trine between Mars and Jupiter in your first and your fifth house. So you may be able to expand your, your individual creative process uh, by having the, the trine between Mars and Jupiter. Uh, Saturn is asking you to get, um, to get real about your daily habits, your daily routines with Saturn in the third house. There may also be narratives around extended family members, neighbors, siblings, the way that you communicate with others, with Saturn in the third hosting. This is also a place, the third house, that is related to what is called the joy of the moon. So the joy of the moon is a place where we're having to listen to our intuitive self. The third house was called the house of the goddess. And there are lots of themes associated with wisdom that arises from within us 
rather than from some orthodox external system, like we would see in the ninth house, the joy of the sun, or the house of God. So think about how you might be able to move under your own intuition, Capricorn rising, with Saturn hosting. And that may lead you to a new creative uh, exploration, a new sense of creativity, a new sense of expansion. Maybe there's something good that you can do with your, with your, uh, if you have kids or with your own artistic uh, projects. Sometimes our artistic projects are like our babies, right? These are things that are, um, we're, we're pregnant with possibilities when, when we feel like we're about to create a work of art. Uh, so this is a great time to just take action on things that can bring you more joy in your life that will also help you to feel empowered. Now, one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that the sun's going to conjoin Pluto at 29 degrees of Capricorn on the 20th, right before it moves into Aquarius. So one of the things that I want you to just to keep in mind with this is that there may have to be some purging that happens before you move on to the new start. And maybe it's a belief system that you have around what is your responsibility and what is it, okay? Like this is something where a lot of times Capricorns take on other people's burdens and it is way past time for you to hand some of those over to somebody else or to return them to sender, right? And I think if you can do that, and if you can uh, start to feel the sense of loving yourself enough to say that I've done enough, that can really move you forward, okay? So Pluto is gonna bring up things from the depths. You all, Capricorn Risings, have had a lot of changes in the last couple decades here with Pluto going through your first, and you're about to be that some of that is start to going to start to alleviate. You're going to start to incorporate some of those changes if you haven't already. It's a super long transit, so I mean it's it's not like an overnight change. It's a it's a chronic condition. Um, but there might be a sense of relief with Pluto moving out of that, or you might be starting to be just comfortable with the changes that have gone on. Michelle says, "What a treat to go first. Yes, you are in the spotlight, Michelle. So there you go. You always having to wait till the end." Uh, Mortal Mild says, that was me. I've been relegated to be a someone. Yes. Um, yes, with the Aquarius placements that we were talking about, too. Um, okay. So that's Capricorn rising in the first house. There may be some new responsibilities in reshaping your body as well with the first house energies, but it may bring you more joy and more pleasure. One thing I've been noticing with my Capricorn rising partner is she's been lifting weights lately. Like, not lately, she has for a long time, but she's kind of stepped up her game. Like, um, and she's getting, she's getting yoked, they would say. <laughs> like, I shared, a, I shared a picture of her on New Year's, uh, you know, and, and she's just got these guns. That, you know, like, she's getting strong. So <laughs> I appreciate her uh, commitment to lifting, lifting the iron and the heavy things. I might have to start doing that myself. I'm, I'm not as much of a fan of like pain. <laughs> she obviously can endure, um, but uh, you know, as we get older, sometimes lifting heavy things and doing the hard work can can give us endurance. It can make our bones stronger. It can help us last longer. So those are things we may have to make changes of as we age. 
Okay. Let's move forward. Now, when we move forward, let's look at Aquarius rising. So Aquarius rising, you like that transition? That smooth transition? <laughs> Just enjoying these new tools. Aquarius rising is uh, experiencing the new moon in the 12th house, hosted by Saturn in the second, with a trine to Jupiter in the fourth. So let's kind of break all that down here. Okay, we've got these different relationships happening. Okay, um, so Aquarius rising. This is a new moon in the twelfth house that has significations related to uh, rest, sleep, self undoing, the time before birth. So I think that there is also some significations related to what the ancients would call childbed, which is like labor. So there are labor pains in the 12th house. It's, it's a time before something. So we may also f see this as the conditions that are pulling us away from a sense of personal empowerment too because of the, the motions of the, the secondary and the primary motion that is the push and the pull of this circular wheel of the zodiac. And if you want to learn more about that, um, there's some great material. Uh, Demetri George teaches about angular triads. Um, Robert Schmidt talks about this in his lectures. Those are great resources to check out. Um, so this might be a new moon about getting clear about how we undermine ourselves how others undermine our effectiveness at our at our jobs or in the way that we take responsibility and create our material realities and structures. Uh, I have found as a 12th house sun in Mercury that the, the secret enemies of the 12th house that are written of in those ancient texts are twofold. One of the secret enemies is people that will undermine you in secret, right? So the people that are, will, it's not going to be an all-out battle. Some people might not even know that you are facing an enemy. Um, I went through some really difficult times with my co-parenting partner uh, that felt like it just, oh man, it felt like an undermining influence over a long period of time. And it was really challenging and, and from the outside people had really no idea this the struggles that that we were going through in that co-parenting relationship and to be fair i wasn't perfect in that relationship either there was a lot of challenges back and forth and but it definitely felt like a, a, a secret undermining influence now the second influence is that is the 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 way that we undermine ourselves I think that the, the self-undoing part and the undermining of ourselves is, you know, when we are talking ourselves out of doing something that would require confidence or, or visibility because of the aversion to the ascendant or the this is, is considered a dark place. So when we have something going on in the dark place, we might not want to be visible. Um, I can't. I can't tell all of you how difficult it's been sometimes in my life to be visible. Uh, and I really had a lot of anxiety as a performing musician 
before my gigs. Now, when I was on the stage, you know, there's a Leo switch that flips on and everything's fine and you're just in the moment. But the time leading up to it as a 12th house son was, there was a lot of anxiety, let's put it that way. Same thing with the live stream. Sometimes there would be, you know, a lot of anxiety before going live on the internet. Um, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with that as I've gone on. But my point being is that for Aquarius rising, you may be struggling with visibility. You may be going into a, a darker place or retreating potentially. Um, there are challenges that are coming through your finances right now and learning how to support yourself. One of the stories that I told earlier in the show is, you know, about how I might have undermined my ability to support myself through the psychological narratives that I inherited from my youth and how I've had to work through those to be able to learn to take more responsibility to support myself. And this could be true for Aquarius risings as well because of Saturn's movement through the second house. There are some reality checks about how you give to yourself, how you make money, how you feed yourself, how you take responsibility for your own creation of your own resources. And that could be something, the theme that's coming in with this, this new moon as well. Now there's a trine between the Mars and Jupiter from the 12th to the 4th. So being able to get some, hopefully get some more rest and to eliminate some of the undermining influences. Mars is a great purgative. So Mars can help us eliminate the things that could be undermining, whether they're external influences or internal influences. One of the prayers that I say every morning in my ritual practice is to the deity Ganesh. And Ganesh is a great uh, remover of obstacles. And I ask Ganesh to remove any obstacles in the path, whether they are external on the path or internally generated. And that could be something that could really hit home for Aquarius Risings this, this particular new moon. Um, this is something where we are going to be you could finally extricate yourself from something that, that had been blocking your path. And that could lead to a, a, a rebirth of sorts, of an expansion of your, your foundation. It could lead to better relationships with your family. It could lead to uh, maybe even building a home of your own, right? If you are feeling ostracized, which Aquarius and both Capricorns and Aquariuses often feel ostracized in various situations. Saturn is a planet that casts things into and, and out into exile. So I think of Capricorn as like, you're in a prison. <laughs> Aquarius is you're out in the, into the elements getting, you know, suffering from exposure. And back in the day, that was, that was bad, bad news. And it's not good now, but there are more support systems in, in place, hopefully in most places in the world. Uh, so, you know, this may be a, a, an important moment for you, Aquarius Rising, for finding a sense of belonging. And maybe it comes through eliminating some of the, the challenging circumstances that, have, that maybe you've been dependent on. Uh, and, and now that you're able to take responsibility for yourself, that is empowering. That's going to lead you to a sense of personal empowerment. Remember, this new moon is a, is a turning point towards individuation and personal empowerment. So check check that out and, and, and embrace that process. It's going to be maybe a little bit of shadow work, but we all need to, to dive into the depths every once in a while. Okay, let's move forward. 
Let me check in on the chat here. And we will go forward to Pisces Rising. I'm going to check in on the chat. Let's see. Morgan says, uh, same here. I didn't. I'm attributing it to the eclipses moving into my 6th and 12th house axis, hoping it sticks this time. Oh, yes, right? With the exercise. It says, oh my God, I didn't realize you had a 12th house sun. So many of my favorite people have cadence suns. Yeah. It's a liminal space. It's something where we're in the in-between spaces in life. And that's another reason why I, th I, th I think that traditional astrology really has resonated with me. In Placidus houses, my son is in the 11th house, which could, could, you could make an argument for. Um, but I really resonated with the liminal space that using whole sign houses helped me understand about my sense of self and but what I mean by liminal spaces is just being in between life and death like birth and and life and all of those things like it's the it's the the sunrise moment before the sun has actually risen and that has really been very instructive to me and, and might have been part of the reason I struggled with with my financial life too because I just my I was always, always I kind of get spaced out I was a daydreamer as a kid I just Sometimes I would look up and there, hours had gone by and I just ha had a just an internal vision that I'd been lost in. So so these are some of the things that you might consider with cadent, cadent placements. Don Fisher says, I may be a sad sun and rising, but that Scorpio stellium leads me to much alone time to rest and review. Yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to this while I read these so that you don't get confused. So this is always a great time in between to like and subscribe. Uh, if you want to make a material donation of the work I'm doing, you can hit a little dollar sign in the chat. It's called Super Chat or Super Sticker. Appreciate all of you who have been contributing to the show. I'm just reading through your comments here as we go. Uh, Devin says, 12th house new moon is good for starting a meditation practice. Yes, exactly. G embracing the darkness, embracing the solitude, embracing the quiet. I like that, Devin. Uh, Josh is here. Josh Abermel, nice to see you. Greetings, Spencer. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, my friend. Don says, Om Gam Ganapateye Name Nama. Yes, exactly. That is the chant. Om Gam Ganapateye Namo Nama. Right? <laughs> like that's, that's the... I do it uh, nine times. If you really want to be uh, authentic and extra about it, you can do it 108 times. But nine seems to be like a... I don't know time time effective version of it i think it's the thought that counts but your mileage may vary with that edwina horn is here says i also pray and ask ganesh to help get out of my own way oh yes that is a great thing to ask ganesh for uh, i kind of do a little prayer to ganesh and lakshmi together um you have ganesh open the path and then you ask lakshmi to let you allow yourself to receive good fortune and and all the good things in life and You'd be amazed at how much we we block those things, right? Don does 108. <laughs> okay, you're right. The sad rising extra. That's fine. That's fine. You do you. Well, we'll uh, my my ritual practice is still like 45 minutes every morning. It's sometimes I have to kind of just like streamline it and you know pick a couple things. I tend to be a a little bit eclectic with it. I'm a a Venus Gemini person, so. There's a lot of different systems that I'm not a purist by any means, but um, I really do try to 
to connect and clear my head through through all the things that I'm doing in the morning. Okay, friends, let's get back to it. So let's go back to Pisces rising. That's where we left off. So Pisces rising is going to have a new moon in the 11th house. The Saturn host is in your first house. And then we have this uh, trine from Mars to Jupiter from the 11th to the 3rd. Okay. Whoops. Still getting used to this new annotation software. All right. So, 11th house new moon, Pisces rising. The good news for you, Pisces rising, is that since December the 30th, your, your ascendant ruler, Jupiter, has stationed direct, which is probably feeling pretty good, right? Uh, probably feeling like, oh, wow, I can finally move forward again. Now, this is happening for you in the third house of daily routines, daily habits, intuitions, etc., uh, thank you, Don, for the, the super sticker. Appreciate you, friend. And Laura Elizabeth is commenting that Ganesh is also the Hindu god of astrology. Perfect. Perfect. Hopefully Ganesh is with us here today. Um, so Pisces rising with Jupiter stationing direct in your third, you may be having a better grasp on the habits and routines that support your intuition, that support your growth, that support your... Uh, the way that you present out in the world and the, the way that you take responsibility in your life as well. Uh, the 11th house new moon may bestow you with some responsibility or make you aware of some responsibility that you have within a group. Uh, maybe it's a spiritual group that you're a part of. Maybe you're taking on a position on the board or like doing some treasury work or something like that or taking on something where you're administrating uh, some kind of responsibility from that maybe someone else didn't want to take on. Uh, and this is challenging your self-concept potentially with Saturn in the first house, uh, really kind of trying to help you get clear about who you are and what your role is in the world and who you want to be out in the world. And again, you you may have a different philosophical, spiritual, past narrative that is has been limiting in the past that you might be willing to release now. So this is a great time with Saturn and Pisces 1 to release old mythologies that aren't serving us. Uh, you know, like, like I said, one of the things I'm trying to release is that to be a good person, I have to be poor, <laughs> like, or destitute, or that if I have enough to survive or enough to share, or even just really enough to carry my own uh, weight um, that I'm a bad person or that it's unethical. So what version of that is, is true for you, Pisces Rising? Where is there some sort of dream that you may have had that either was a limiting one, a limiting narrative, and which one of the dreams that is a positive one needs to be born into the real world? And, and what are the tough, slow process things that you need to do to make it real? This is another thing we have to understand about Saturn is, is it's not an overnight sensation type of planet. It's a, 
you get the rewards that are due to you through effort over time. And that's a tough lesson in an in, in a immediate gratification culture. Um, but I do think that the people that are most successful oftentimes uh, are just consistent. So consistency. Now with Mars trining Jupiter, maybe there is a uh, something that you're trying to eliminate within the group. Maybe there's a friendship or a friend group that isn't really serving you anymore that is messing with your daily habits and your daily routines and maybe through through getting rid of it uh, you might be able to find something that really resonates with you better. Uh, oftentimes Pisces Risings will put up with negative situations because of their compassion and because oftentimes they want to believe the best about people and that can lead them into situations where they get, get, they get hurt. Um, so be careful of that and set healthy boundaries. This is a great opportunity. This any Capricorn new moon or 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 placements or opportunities to set healthy boundaries. Like remember Capricorn is what's inside the walls rather than Aquarius is which is outside of the walls. So uh great opportunity to make a new start within the groups that you're a part of. You also might get a huge spotlight on how parts of the group's foundational structure is, has fallen into disrepair. Everybody is going to be getting a big face full of uh, Pluto and, and the sun coming together where we have to be careful about abusing power. So, so whether it's our own power that we're asserting or whether people around us are abusing power. And when we shine the light of the sun in a dark place, it can help heal that place. It can help cauterize a wound. There's a story of Hercules in one of his labors in the, in, against the Hydra, where he would cut off one head and they just kept growing back. And in one version of the story, he holds the head, the severed neck up to the sun to cauterize the wound so it won't continue to grow back. So oftentimes just becoming aware of a problem can help us to heal it. And that's really, I think, the way that I'm looking at this Sun-Pluto conjunction in the positive is it's an opportunity to be able to heal something that has been festering for a, long, a while, for a long time, okay? Okay, Pisces Rising, we're going to move forward. I'm going to take this opportunity to take a little stretch break. We didn't do a stretch before. Uh, if you are... I should have a little here. Oops. I'm, I should have made this beforehand. But... uh bear with me watch this stretch break <laughs> so stand up stretch it out make sure you like and subscribe to the video I've got this new center stage feature where wherever I go the camera is going to continue to follow me around so that I don't have to keep changing the camera position. It's a nice feature. It's uh, new on, uh, it's uh, with Mac OS. It's something that uh, I've been able to use through that. So stretch it out, stretch your legs, get a drink of water, get a snack, get your back and your hips moving. It's important to stretch out, friends. 
we sit too long. I sit too long. And going as long as I do for two, three, sometimes four hours <laughs> as I age, my body's like, come on, buddy. You got to move around a little bit. And this is good advice because we sit at our computers all day. And uh, one of the things I've been doing is kind of like slapping myself <laughs> like to get the blood and circulation going, especially like here is a good, uh, this is like a tapping exercise that loosens the energy in your lymph nodes. And I do that with my kidneys and my hips, especially I've been having some hip challenges. Okay. We feel good. We feel refreshed. Stretch break. <laughs> okay. And we're back. All right. Let's keep on rolling. What do you say? So where were we? Let's go to Aries Rising. Aries Rising. Now we see the Aries Rising chart. And we're going to break it down. Hopefully this will make it easier for all of you to find your rising sign if you're listening after the fact too with the labels. I know we've been having some discussions about uh, timestamps and things like that, but hopefully this will make it easier for you to con consume all of these things. Oops. So Aries rising, we have come to another angular new moon. So this is in your 10th house of career, of public praxis, they used to call it, like the actions that we take out in the world that bring us meaning. We have a trine from Mars to Jupiter, from the 10th to the second house. So there's some pretty cool things happening here. So this could be a, a really important new start for you professionally or with something that is very visible or public. The 10th house is a very visible part of the chart. It is something where people are going to see what you're doing. It's not always a career thing, but it is something that other people see. So whatever you're thinking about doing, um, people might notice. Now, the, the, the challenge with that is that we have Mars there, so people are going to notice more of your martial energy. The good news is, is that Mars is in its exaltation, and that is the ruler of your ascendant. So that means that you may have more, more energy for sustaining sort of the practices that will help bring you professional success. Oftentimes, one of the critiques of Aries in general is that they're great at starting things, but the, the energy of sustaining isn't necessarily uh, an Aries quality. But, au contraire, my friend, when Aries has Mars and Capricorn ruling the chart or in transit, uh, they can be much more strategic and th think about the delayed gratification necessary to cre create lasting success. So that's good, good news. And with Mars trining Jupiter in your second house, some of the, the long-term planning that you do professionally may actually bring you some material wealth. Uh, oftentimes, you know, not everything we do publicly is for money, right? Obviously. But this could be a time for Aries Rising in particular, where the actions that you're taking that are have the long term in mind 
will help you expand your material reality. Now, a lot of Aries Risings have been going through changes in their relationships. Uh, maybe some relationships ending with the South Node there in the seventh house. And that has changed your financial picture in some cases as well. So this, this may be in, uh, a time where you're healing from that or where you're starting to move towards independence, right? Maybe through some changes in a relationship, you're being forced to, to move under your own power. But I'm saying, what I'm saying to you, Aries Rising, is that you were born for this. You were born to be able to decide what it is that you want and to go after it without necessarily thinking or having to ask permission of someone else. Now, everything is like everything is within moderation, right? We have to balance out our needs with other people's needs, but we need people that are willing to take you know, calculated risks. We need people that are pioneers. And Aries is the, the energy of spring. We need springtime babies that are willing to push through that hard ground so that we can have a birth, so that we can have the seed seedling bust through the, the earth and then eventually uh, grow into something lasting. So the other factor in this new moon for you, Aries Rising, is Saturn in the 12th house hosting that? So again, there could be a connection between your job, an authority figure, or a boss, or your role as a boss and an authority figure. And you're, you might have to get sober about things that undermine your authority or things that other people who undermine or that are things that undermine your authority and ways that authority figures may undermine you, okay? Or your goals and your purposes. The The challenge that I could see with this is that oftentimes Aries Rising would is very much interested in um, going for it, right? And saying, hey, let's just do it. Let's not think about it. Screw the red tape. I'm just gonna go for it. There could be a circumstance in this particular case where you kind of have to navigate within the rules or within the system. And you may have to deal with a system that has fallen into disrepair. So th that is something to consider as well. You may have to slow down and you may have to be patient. But with, like I said, with Mars and Capricorn, that energy is, is supported right now. Um... You know, as Devin was pointing out earlier, this is an important turning point towards that we, that we might see results in the eclipse that's happening in April. Um, so let me quest, April question mark. Somebody have the date for that for me. I believe that the Aries, the 19 degree Aries eclipse is April or May. I'm just going to check. I think it's in April. I'll check that real quick in my handy dandy honeycomb planner. So there is a total solar eclipse on April 8th at 19 degrees of Aries. So the North Node is increasing energy right in the space where we're going to have that eclipse. So you could, the, 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 the long term structures that you put into place, Aries, right now could lead to the, the personal sovereignty and independence that you so desire. Okay, 
And what I mean by personal sovereignty is the ability to move under your own power without having to make adjustments for everybody all the time. Okay. okay. Aries, there you go. Good luck. Godspeed. Taurus rising. So Taurus rising, you have a ninth house new moon, which is hosted by Saturn in the 11th and making a trine to Jupiter in the first. This is fun. Okay, so Taurus rising, ninth house new moon. Ninth house is generally associated with spirituality, orthodox religion, it is called the house of God. It is a a place of higher learning, higher education, a place of pilgrimage. Uh, it's a place where we take a journey to find meaning in our life. In the Thema Mundi, the ninth house has Pisces on that cusp. So I always kind of think of some of the Piscean cards when it comes to ninth house matters. Oftentimes the ninth house being the cadence of the tenth shows us the journeys that we have to take to find meaning before we take action out in the world. It often also shows us being pulled away from action out in the world or being pulled away from success or authority. We may be letting go of a position of authority um, to find more meaning in our life. Now, this also could manifest as with the sun conjoining Pluto in the ninth house is a, a revelation of some elements that are corrupt within your spiritual organizations could reveal a, a spiritual authority figure as being not exactly what you thought or or give you an opportunity to fix some long-standing challenges with uh, a higher power I guess whatever form that takes for you and it's going to be hosted by Saturn in the 11th house where you may need to um, you may need to understand the group dynamics of that spiritual organization etc how having a, a, a shared sense of purpose with another group of people can either be something that empowers you or disempowers you uh, oftentimes you know Tauruses being a Taurus moon myself the way I've experienced having a Taurus placement is what we truly desire is really just to be left to do our own thing without someone disturbing our internal sense of peace like we're very happy to just be going along eating good food you know doing fun things going out in nature doing whatever as long as we're just left to our own devices we don't necessarily need other people to follow us or to to do always what we say or whatever um, but we also don't want to do what other people tell us to do. We just want to, there is an independence to Taurus and Taurus rising. So there may be some things where the, to be a part of a group, that tendency could be a, a strength. And sometimes it can be a weakness too, where 
where we feel like other people need to change so that they don't disturb our inner equilibrium. Oftentimes the difference between Taurus and Libra to me, Libra tries to create that stability and that peace through external social action. Taurus tries to do it through changing their immediate physical environment, like, like having a quiet, peaceful, comfortable place. And if people are coming into that space and disturbing that, um, that's when Taurus gets really angry. Uh, this is why you hear me on the channel, like as a Taurus moon. I get sort of irritated at my neighbors sometimes because my neighbors are noisy and uh, they're not, I don't really have the privacy that I would hope to have someday. Uh, but you have to think about where the limits of all that is. So for Taurus Rising, what stories do you have about your role within a group and what needs to happen so that you uh, are comfortable and how can that be changed so that you can be a, a, a solid part of the group rather than feeling like groups are a, a, a pain point, right? Uh, with, with Neptune moving through the 11th house, there may have been some difficult illusions or delusions that had been revealed about the groups that you were a part of as well. And that also can be, can be disappointing. Now, Mars trying Jupiter from the 9th to the 1st house, this is a really important time for just your sense of self, Taurus rising, the personal expansion. This is something where it's important for you to make plans. But make plans based on um, beliefs that are in alignment with your worldview, okay? You may have to take a journey to find meaning in your life. You may have to temporarily leave some position behind to be able to find what is true for you that will lead to your personal sense of expansion and, and a new sense of self. Uh, you're going to have a really powerful Jupiter-Uranus conjunction in the late degrees of Taurus in the springtime. So just keep in mind that there, there are really interesting things coming for, for Taurus folks out there. Um, as long as you can have a realistic view of the people that you're sharing the journey with. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Gemini Rising. So Gemini Rising. Gemini. G -g -g Gemini. Gemini. You have a new moon in the 8th house, which is hosted by Saturn in the 10th and making a positive trine to Jupiter in the 12th. So we have Saturn here hosting. Whoops. Saturn is hosting the uh, the moon, and then we have this this trine between the lunation and Jupiter. Okay. All right. Prudence, are you Gemini rising or Taurus rising? I can't remember. Um, yeah. If you have any questions or comments, just drop them in the chat box. Make sure to like and subscribe the video, and uh, hope you're enjoying the new, the new production values. I've got a nice little evergreen background. I love evergreen trees. I love the color green. It's just my favorite color all around. It's where I feel most comfortable. So hopefully it's pleasant for all of you. Um, 
But Gemini rising. Eighth house, new moon. Eighth house is an interesting place. It's one of the, the dark houses. It is one of the places where we uh, find challenges of what happens after we've had a completion. What happens after we've uh, experienced a loss or a death. So there may be some new circumstances where you might be administrating something like a will or an inheritance meeting or something of that nature. There could be something revealed around your shared resources with someone else, which is which comes from what is called derived houses. Derived houses make uh, one of the houses beyond the ascendant, the first house, and then you know, move the wheel around with different topics. So like the eighth house being the house of shared resources, is it is the second house from the seventh, which means it's the resources of a partner. So th those could be some of the topics that come up. Um, eighth house also has been described as the gate of Hades, where we're entering into the underworld and where, where there's shadow work. I have a lot of friends with eighth house placements that uh, are able to, to do mediumship type of things or communicate with the, the other side and things of that nature. So there could be themes of that coming around. Uh, I have a feeling with this new moon that you've had a lot of reality checks in your public life, in your job and the way that you present out into the world and the way people see you. And there's going to have to be some changes in your mindset and your personal mythology about how you present out into the world so that you can make a new solid foundation in your shared resources with other people. Now, Mars may necessitate being cut off from a, a, a source of support, potentially. Or you could be taking, you could be cutting yourself off willingly from a sense of support. And that could lead to eliminating and undermining influence too with the trine to Mars to Jupiter. This could lead to more solitude. This could lead to uh, an ability to, you know, start your own meditation practice. Like if, if like the demons are coming out of the, uh, the gate of Hades, the entrance to the underworld, right? Where we're dealing with things that we've repressed. Uh, oftentimes meditation can be a great way to start healing those things and hearing the voice of, our our higher self or of our spiritual truth. Sometimes we have to quiet the noise. And Gemini is a sign that often has 10,000 barking dogs and cats, you know, trying to, to get in the way of our spiritual truth. So this is a great time, I think, to quiet the mind for Gemini rising. Um, the good news also for you, Gemini rising, is that Mercury is going to be moving out of its exile and into Capricorn. So this is something where there's been a lot, potentially a lot of questions and difficult communication with partners too. And that, that is about to end also. And Mercury's condition improves. Even though Mercury will be in aversion to your ascendant, it probably allows you just to think a little bit clearer and slower and more sober. Okay. Michelle says, what you said about what when you were closing up on Aries reading is my path as I have my natal north node in Aries. Oh, Michelle, good. So this is going to be an important eclipse for you, Michelle, coming up. I'm excited to, to hear your story and how it plays out. 
Gemini Rising is Jennifer is here. Jennifer, we have a few Gemini Rising. Prudence is a Gemini Rising, 12th house Taurus Sun. So Prudence, you probably are nodding your head a lot when we talk about 12th house themes. Uh, that makes that makes sense, right? Like you know, 12th house is a special place. I I know that it takes a lot of crap in astrology, but we're sensitive souls if you have 12th house placements. There's a lot of there's a lot of wrangling that we do with ourselves and I think just just surviving one day to the next is is important with uh, having a twelfth house sun and just you know embracing life rather than escaping it is important. And I'm speaking from experience. Stephen says Sagittarius rising, enjoying Mars in my second house. I'm going to go over to the comment section for a minute here, and then we'll go over to Cancer rising. Let's see. I'm going to read your comments. Uh, enjoying Mars in my second house. New moon energy will bring new perspectives, financial situations, and values. Hold on, Stephen. We'll get there. I know that it's not easy going last, but Sag Risings just have to be patient. We'll break it all down for you, but you're right. You got Mars in your second house, and we'll uh, we'll break it all down when I get to Sag Rising. Sorry. It's, uh, like I said, we, we do a, an egalitarian... Uh, description of the rising signs here. Well, we start with the rising sign where the sun is in, so everyone gets a chance to go first, and unfortunately, that means everyone has a chance to go last. So, appreciate your patience, Stephen, and appreciate you being here. Mariana Nicotra. Nicotra is here. Says, hi, Spencer. I'm a Gemini rising. I'm currently looking for a remote job in another country while I'm developing an intimate film project. Ooh, that is interesting, right? So, you probably have a lot of responsibility with your new job, and are you, I guess, Mariana, are you looking for funding? Is there something where you're trying to get uh, funding as well? Another interesting part about that, Mariana, is the 12th house with Jupiter moving forward in your 12th house. The 12th house is a place, I believe, of remote income. Like I, I had a really nice reading with an astrologer. Her name's Elizabeth Hazel. And I have my, my second house ruler, uh, on in the 12th house and she was like and I always you always see negative associations with that in traditional literature but she had a really interesting way of describing it as you might make your sources of income from the internet from like faraway places from remote places so I always thought that, that was kind of interesting as far as uh, having a, a relationship between the 12th and remote income so that's good news for you Gemini Risings if you're looking into a, a job like that so good luck. Good luck to you on your journey. And that sounds like a really cool project that you're working on. Steven says, I start my day with a meditation after I pull two to three tarot cards to focus on natal Jupiter in the 12th. Yes, I, I do. I do two cards, um, Stephen. I do a card of the day and I do a personal card. Today I got the 10 of cups upright and the ace of swords reversed. So I was a little nervous about starting a new like uh, live stream type of thing, but it's so far so good. So we'll see. Uh, Jennifer says cleaning out rooms while I have COVID. Oh no, Jennifer. Yeah, it's it seems like there's another wave going around. It's unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that, Jennifer. Take good care of yourself and make sure that you heal up and you know you're isolating it appropriately if you're so they're not spreading it around <laughs> but uh but yeah this is it's it's still going on um 
and it's it's still you know a really challenging thing to to go through so wishing you healing jennifer and hope that everything works out for you um mariana says yes funding i have the moon in the 12th and the main topic relates to my body oh yes so we're nail hitting the nail on the head with the eighth house and trying to get funding for the project um yeah yeah that, that's another thing with the eighth house getting trying to get money from from other people and other people and other sources so that's a great example mariana connecting it to the chart Dawn says, I have tried to have a particular practice, but it's so hard to do. I get bored doing the same thing every day. I talk to God daily, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, I, I try to shake up my ritual practice and routine uh, every so often, but this is why we call it a practice, so that we can uh, try to have a, some sort of routine. And uh, I think just uh, from my perspective, just paying some attention to the deities and honoring them. That's what's important. The form, I don't think is as, as important as the what you put into it, what kind of heart and energy you put into it. I think that for the most part, in my opinion, and I know people will disagree with me, but in my opinion, the deities have important other things to do, and I think just trying to honor them in your own way is is an important part of the process. Uh, I'm not a, a big, huge fan of orthodox. Um, I tend to be a little bit iconoclastic where whenever somebody says this is the only way to do something, I start stop trusting them. <laughs> it's, the, it's my mercurial nature. Uh, let's see. Prudence says, my best income streams are online sales and only ever did well with people overseas. It's real. Okay. So maybe you'll, you're getting a boost right now. Um, prudence with um, Jupiter moving through the 12th, so good luck to you as well. Steven says, so far the cards that I've pulled are working in interesting ways. Those cards are the High Priestess, the Hermit, and the Hierophant. All majors, so you got some really interesting majors. I would say trust your intuition. Uh, realize that um, there are many people that will light the path for you. And, you know, there's sometimes it's good to sit at the feet of a teacher. So I, those are the, my basic interpretations for those three cards. Let's see. Jennifer says, thanks for sure. I haven't left the house since the 31st, hence the cleaning. Oh, good, Jennifer. Well, you're being a responsible um, recovery patient, and I appreciate that. Thank you for protecting those in your community by doing so. That's a gift that you're giving to them, and I, I, wish, you, I wish you healing. Don says, I try journaling daily using a journal for the moon of the day to see how it plays out in a year or so. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I, I always record the, the moon phase and the um, where the moon is. And I think for me, in my journal, I write down a lot of information, astrological information, so that when I can look back on a transit, I can see exactly what I was thinking and feeling and the, and the events that were going on. When I journal, I do about a page or so a day. Um, I write down the main events of the day. I write down kind of how I was my internal and external experience. I write down some things I'm grateful for. Write down a few things I accomplished for the day because I think it's important to acknowledge our victories. And uh, it, it, it makes an incredible resource. I have, oh shit, I've been doing this since 2002 now. <laughs> like, I think I've been journaling daily since at least 2005. 
So that's how many years is that? What we're, it's going on twenty years. Uh, so I have a I have a many many three ring binders of loose leaf paper. I use loose leaf paper and I keep switching them out of my journal. So I've got a whole filing cabinet full of journals that I've that someday somebody in my family is probably gonna have to go through <laughs> and like read if they want to. So my story will be written somewhere. Um, but I digress. Okay, friends, let's keep going. Let's go to Cancer Rising, and we'll pull it up on the screen. And uh, here is our Cancer Rising chart. Thank you for your patience, Cancer Risings. Cancer Rising has gotten another angular house, new moon in the seventh house. It is being hosted by Saturn in the ninth, and there is a trine from the new moon, well from Mars, excuse me, to Jupiter, from the seventh to the eleventh house. Let's make this arrow, let's make the arrows purple this time. Okay, we got this trine. Trines are of the nature of, Ju of Jupiter, uh, and Zeus likes purple. And then we have this little Saturn is feeding into this. Okay, so Cancer rising, new moon in the seventh house. Um, this is a brand new start potentially in a, in a partnership, whether it's professional or personal. Uh, this could be something that um, where you're taking on new responsibility in a relationship, where you are revealing some ways that uh, could there could be improvement. Um, maybe there is a redistribution of responsibilities in a relationship as well with the sun coming together with Pluto. Maybe some tough conversations about who does what around the house or all of those things. Um, you may have to have some... You may have to cut out some things with within your partnership as well. I think that with Mars there, it's an important time for strategizing about the future of your relationship. And it could also lead to, uh, the energy of that partnership could lead to an expansion with any groups that you're a part of with the 11th house Jupiter. Now Saturn is hosting your new moon from the 9th house of orthodox belief system of going on pilgrimages to find some sort of meaning. So maybe there is a journey that you're going on that could bring you a lot of truth in the next lunation cycle where you're having to, to embrace the reality of, of the stories that you've told yourself about your spirituality or about the world or about how the world is organized. I'm a Cancer Rising friend who's going on a, a trip to a, a, an exotic paradise. But there also might be some challenging uh, circumstances around that trip too, revolving around responsibility um, with a with a family member. So those those are some things that could be coming out around this particular lunation, is getting a, a reality check about that. Um, I would say that the main thing I would say for Cancer Rising is well two things. First of all, your rising sign is hosted by the moon and when you have the moon in capricorn that's the moon in its exile that's a difficult place for the moon that's a place where we're expecting nurturing but we may find ourselves in uh, 
I don't know if it's hostile territory, but it's harsh. It's like, you know, we want to be on the beach, but we're up in the mountains and it's cold and there's not a lot of food everywhere. And it's, we're having to endure something rather than, um, you know, enjoy it. And that could be pretty frustrating if you're a Cancer rising with this new moon, especially with the conjunction with Pluto. And uh, I, I think that this is a this is a time period to um, accept some of the limitations that you have within your circumstances as well, especially within your relationships. Um, if you can if you can shine a light on the things that aren't working within the relationship, that's a great way to, to begin the healing process. And that can lead to some good, good significations. Now, the other thing I'll say is that you, this new moon is, is angular and at the bending of the nodes of the moon, which we cannot forget at all about this lunation at all. Uh, so you may be moving away from maybe having to ask permission to a family member or caring what they think <laughs> like into a more individual type of expression out in the world that's more in alignment with your personal needs and desires rather than always trying to like you know adjust to someone else's circumstances you may be moving away from a family you know relationship and moving more into a professional one too and this is a big turning point about about how you maintain your own responsibility. One other thing that I neglected to mention, friends, uh, in all of these rising sign horoscopes is that in addition to the Mars-Jupiter trine, the lunation itself is in a fairly tight trine with Uranus. So in addition to being able to take action that will bring about expansion, don't be afraid to try things that are different. You know, don't be afraid to to break up your routine and try things that you're different. I'm doing this today. I'm doing a a whole new streaming, you know, program to try to increase the production values and make the viewing experience more pleasant. So this is something where we all are need to get outside of our comfort zone a little bit. I've spent the last 4 days practicing with this program which I think is important when you're trying something new. If there are stakes involved, and when we're doing a live stream, there are stakes involved <laughs> because you can't just stop and restart it and all of these things. It's important to do a few test runs and, and you know that might be something to do bef between now and the new moon on the 11th, is just do a few practice runs for something and see how, how it feels trying something new. Maybe within your relationships, maybe there's some new structure that will support what you're doing within a relationship where you just test it out. This is the thing I think that Saturn appreciates. I was having a conversation with my partner, my Capricorn rising partner, uh, about embracing the suck is what she called it. And, and she was listening to this guy was uh, David Gogans. I don't know. He's some guy that's super hardcore about doing difficult things. He was like a military guy who does workout stuff and like extreme marathon type things. He he I believe he's an Aquarius, but he has he has Mars and Capricorn opposing Saturn and Cancer. So he's he's pretty hardcore. But his advice is sometimes we have to do things that are uncomfortable 
to to really just utilize a part of our brain that that allows for longevity. Like when you do difficult things, it's 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 supporting your resiliency. So cancer is not necessarily someone who willingly goes in and does things that are painful or difficult. I'm speaking from experience here. But a little bit of that could toughen us up a little bit. Like maybe we need a new shell. Like, yes, we're still squishy on the inside, but every once in a while we, we outgrow the armor that we've carried around with us for so long, and we have to, to get a new, a new sense of protection. And maybe we feel vulnerable in the transition time between finding that new home, but we still have to, to do it, or we're going to suffocate in, the, in the, the home and the shell that's too small. Like, for example, this, this experience today is, is testing out a new, a new, a new shell of appearance, right? And I think that this is, it's just one step at a time. And I didn't, I'm a little, I'll be honest, folks, I'm a little tired today because I didn't, I had a little bit of anxiety about using this new program. I didn't sleep super well last night. So I appreciate you sticking with me today and for the support for trying something new. But, but Cancer Rising, don't be afraid to try something new, especially with your groups and with taking on the responsibility and doing the difficult thing that you need to do, especially when it relates to your relationships. And that could lead to some a, really a new start with your belief systems and, and how you view the world. Okay, let's move forward. Leo Rising. Oh, Leo Risings, here we are. I'm going to stand up and stretch out. Do me a huge favor before we dive into Leo Rising. Uh, take a stretch break. Stretch out your your legs. I'll even put it up there just for you. Stretch break. Okay. Stretch out. Crack your back. Do some Russian twists or something. Okay. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you're new, welcome. We're testing out some new things today, hopefully to make some some new, uh, expand what we're doing, to make it more streamlined and easier to, to consume and more beautiful. Uh, I've also got some ideas for some other teaching small videos too, if you guys are interested in that. Uh, just trying to bring some new things to you in the new year, trying to challenge myself, right? And in turn, challenge myself to be a better person of service for all of you. Sometimes we, like I said, we have to get outside the comfort zone. So Leo rising, as I'm stretching out and, you know, getting all the blood back to my legs, uh, if you noticed, you have Uranus and Jupiter moving through your 10th house and Jupiter just station direct. Okay. You're experiencing a new moon. A new moon, Leo rising. In your sixth house. So, your friendly neighborhood astrologer, me, is a Leo rising. If you haven't heard me say it enough. <laughs> um, and we're testing out some new, some new stuff. So we're shaking up the routine in our public presentation today to try to improve our presentation. And I think that Leo Rising, you might really start to hit your stride with the new things that you're trying out 
in your job and maybe with some of the new tools that you're using around the new moon. I feel like today is a test run for me personally with this. And by next week, hopefully I'll have practiced even more and, uh, you know, learn the program even more. And I'm hoping to be able to share your comments on the screen next week too and, and distribute it to more places. So do some test runs, Leo Rising, in the next week of, if you're trying to expand on what you're doing out in the world. You have Saturn hosting this lunation from your eighth house. And we have the trine to Jupiter in the 10th. So this is an important time for doing hard work behind the scenes so that will lead to an expansion in your public life, okay? And maybe you'll have to change some ways that you see your shared resources out in the world and how, how you, you're getting some reality checks on how you share resources with other people. Maybe, maybe you're in a relationship and the, the, there's been an income inequality and now it's time to step up and to let go of, uh, you know, needing to be carried along. <laughs> Speaking from experience here. Um, I have a, a wonderful, wonderful partner who just carries so many responsibilities and has really honestly helped me do a lot of the work that I've done and blessed me with the freedom to not only be myself, but to do the work that is that makes my heart uh, a light. And Sometimes when we have those people in our life, Leo Rising, I'm speaking to all of you, we need to, to return some of that energy more. And, and relationships aren't always equal, one, like one-to-one, -one, right? Sometimes someone is carrying more of a burden in a certain area, and then other times someone can carry more of that burden. It just depends on your circumstance and your situation. So try not to get into a tit-for-tat type of mentality. But I do think it's important that if there has been some sort of imbalance or there's there's really just a new situation that needs to happen with the way that you share resources with another person or a partner, whether it's a business partner or a, an intimate partner. And, you know, and just in my case, like I'm, I'm doing what I can to try to expand uh, my, my resources so that I can be a better contributor to, to our family and to our partnership. And hopefully we'll see that happen this year. And uh, you all are a huge part of that too. I, I so appreciated all the support on the channel and all of those of you who have signed up for readings and for classes and things like that. Um, I'm trying to provide the best possible experience for all of you um, and hopefully to, to make more of those offerings this year in the future. Because, you know, here's the thing. You put good energy out into the world and it's going to come back to you. Right? You put you put out something that is uh, that you believe in. That's important. It's not really about for Leo Rising. I'm going to speak specifically to you. You have to believe in what you're doing, and I'm I'm talking from experience. If it doesn't resonate with you, and if it doesn't you know get you excited and enthusiastic, you're not going to be good for anyone. Right? So find things that you really love and that just set your heart on fire. And then you'll be unstoppable because that enthusiasm is going to be contagious. All right. Like I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying this today because I love looking at like this green stuff on the screen and like all these nice, beautiful things. I love creating a, a better aesthetic experience, not only for you, but for myself. So, you know, busting out of your routines 
uh, in your public presentation with Uranus in your 10th house, Leo rising, can enliven not only your own experience, but can bring you n new new supporters, new resources, etc. So the new moon in the sixth house, the sixth house is a place of hard work. It's a place before a completion or a celebration. So for, for Leo rising, it's important right now that you do the hard work behind the scenes that you might not get credit for. This is a, a time period where you are really laying the foundation for the big Jupiterian expansion, the Jupiter Uranus trine that's coming in the spring and the, you know, the, the Aries eclipse that's coming in your ninth house. Um, it, this is an important time for just sucking it up and doing the behind the scenes work. My plan in the next month or so is to, to completely redesign a lot of my offerings, teachings, programs, etc. to keep learning all of these new tools, to think of new ways to inspire people through the beauty of astrology and nature and creativity. And there's going to be, you, we may not see the results of it until the full moon, okay, in Leo. So, so give yourself some time during this new moon cycle to do the hard work without necessarily needing the praise right away. This is important. I talked to my Leo rising daughter about this. This is a lesson that was hard for me to learn in the in the in my youth. Is that oftentimes we wanted to be acknowledged and have the positive reinforcement for everything that we would do. I, I used to be a hockey player, and every time I did anything. I would get in the car after a game if it, if I made a pass or I scored a goal and be like, "Did you see that, Dad? Did you see me do this? Did you see? Did you see it? Did you see it? Did I? Did it resonate? <laughs> did, am I am I a point of light?" And my poor, long-suffering Pisces father would would go over all of the things with me, and that was a good service he was providing. At the same time, what Leo Rising needs to learn eventually is that the things that you're doing need to be in alignment with what you truly believe without necessarily needing the applause in the background. Okay, if you're in alignment with your integrity, people will choose to follow and, and some people won't. Even if it, what you're doing is totally in alignment with your higher self, sometimes it won't resonate with other people. So Leo Rising, do the hard work now. Get clear about your routines and how you work through creating the material structures in your life. You might have to root out some things in your foundation. Um, there could be some ways that you assert your authority that need to be reevaluated with, with the Sun and Pluto coming together. And remember, Leo Rising, the Sun is the ruler of your first house. So <laughs> this is this is a time too where you, if you're Leo rising, you might be dealing with, you know, your health and with an illness. Um, you may be feeling like you are trying to improve your health. Um, I've been changing my diet a lot lately and thinking about doing some more exercise. And I do exercise. I walk about three to five miles a day, but I don't really do like the weightlifting and all that kind of stuff. Um, I like being outside. So if, if I can figure out a way to incorporate more of the like bone density exercises, and that's important for Leo rising in particular, is your sixth house is Capricorn. 
a lot of the illnesses and injuries that you might have are related to the sign on the sixth house cusp and where its ruler is placed. So like, for example, I've had uh, some, I've had teeth issues in the past. I had some issues with my wisdom teeth. I cracked a wisdom tooth. And that was happening when there was a, a sixth house placement and Saturn was in the sixth house in, in Capricorn. Because Capricorn is associated with skeletal structures like Saturn is as well. So take care of your bones. Take care of your the structures of your life, especially during this period of time. Now the trine with Mars and Jupiter, Leo rising, the work that you put in, it could pay off. It could pay off in, in you know, getting a new, a new sense of self out in the world, of bringing you abundance and all of that as well. Um, you could be at a turning point with your work that will bring you more personal sovereignty and more visibility actually as well. So moving from, you know, doing the six South work now is going to lead to hopefully a bigger expansion around that eclipse in April. Okie doke. All right. Let's move forward to Virgo rising. I'm just going to check in in the chat here before I dive into Virgo rising. Okay. Morgan's off to walk the dog. <laughs> okay. Still listening. Good. I'm glad that you're getting exercise. This, that's one of my favorite things to do is actually listen to podcasts and walk at the same time. Just get your brain going. I'm happy to be accompanying you on your walk today, Morgan. I used to uh, listen to multiple episodes of Chris Brennan and the Astrology Podcast. When I was first learning Hellenistic Astrology, I would put two of those on a day and just walk and walk and walk and listen. So happy to be part of, of that walkie-talkie for all of you now. Okay, Virgo Rising. Virgo Rising has a new moon in the fifth house, hosted by Saturn in the seventh with a positive trine from Mars to Jupiter and with the trine from the new moon to Uranus in the ninth house. We should include that in the conversation here. Okay, so we have this positive energy going back and forth here, and then Saturn's providing resources from the seventh house. So fifth house new moon Virgo rising. First of all, Virgo rising is another rising sign that Mercury has been kind of going through some challenging times. Uh, there might be a lot of difficult conversations you've been having around your family, your home life, your domestic situation. That's about to improve. Your time Lord Mercury is about to move into Capricorn, into your fifth house, into a, a trine to your ascendant. So there's going to be some ability to, to be more practical moving forward and probably less less difficulties with like opinionated people in your family moving <laughs> forward. Uh, Tracy's here crocheting a hat. Oh, nice. Nice to see you, Tracy. I'm, I'm so always feel so blessed when people are doing creative things while I'm talking. Uh, I, like I said, last week I had this wonderful deck of Deccan cards from Nicola Allen that I showed everyone on the channel that where she reached out and said that um, after I ordered it, I hadn't realized this. I just saw it randomly on social media. Uh, and I thought the art was really cute and like the the Deccan, Deccan part of it was awesome. 
And then after I ordered it, I got in the box. She wrote a message saying, I listened to your podcast while I was doing these paintings. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I knew that. That's so cool. So I love it when people, you know, are doing art or show me the art that they're doing when we're talking. So thank you for that, friends. Um, I just activated Steven's Google Alexa thingy here. <laughs> Alexa, play acid jazz. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the weirdest thing I could have. Alexa, order 10 hamburgers from In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> so, I'm going to get Steven in trouble here. Sorry, Steven. We're getting a little punchy here. Okay, Virgo Rising, you've been patient. Let's go back to it. So with this fifth house, new moon, there's a focus on your creative process. There's a focus on how you find pleasure in your life. Um, there might be uh, something, a reality check coming from a partner. Maybe there's important conversations with a partner about the, the stories that shape your relationship. Every relationship has a story or a mythos that it's operating under. Some of it is positive, some of it is negative. So this is a good opportunity to reevaluate some of those assumptions that you make about your partner and, and you know, or business partners and to, to get a reality sober check around that. Um, you may have to, to reconcile. Virgo Rising, if you, if you want to make the changes in your life that, that you want to make, there may be some reconciling that you have to make with how you seek pleasure within your life too. With the sun conjoining Pluto, there could be a revelation about some habits that aren't necessarily good for you. And, and if I know my Virgo Risings and my Virgos out there, they love to evaluate their habits and to, to incorporate habits that will lead to becoming a better version of themselves. All of us, though, sometimes repress certain things that aren't good for us or we get into habits and routines that aren't working for us. So this is an opportunity to shine a big spotlight on those so that you can start healing those things and move forward with the self-improvement journey that uh, is important for you. Now, you might have to make a, uh, a shakeup in your personal beliefs with the trine to Uranus and do things a little bit differently. Maybe you, you go to a school or something like that or enter into a, a graduate program, something of that nature. Um, but the work that you're doing towards planning out your own creative self-expression and or cutting out habits that are not good for you anymore could really lead to an expansion in your the way that you relate to your higher self. So being able to eliminate like a, a physical habit that isn't serving you can get you closer to your spiritual practice with Mars trining Jupiter. And this is making helping you make a transition with the moon and the sun at the nodes, the bending of the nodes towards being more independent in the way that you share resources with others. Then see this is kind of interesting to me having Aries on the 8th house cusp. It's 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 a it's a strange place for it, but there might be um, ways where you have to take a risk when you are uh, taking care of others or when you are being taken care of yourself. You have to be innovative about how you share resources with other people. Uh, so there, there is a movement towards innovation where you might be moving towards uh, understanding what is necessary now for the partnerships and the material resources that go into that. 
and you may be moving away from feeling like you have to do everything yourself all the time. This would be a good time to receive support from someone, Virgo Rising. And a lot of times Virgo Risings just go so far in the other direction where they're supporting everyone around them and they're just taking on all the weight of the responsibilities. But this might be a good time to start moving and shifting towards delegating and allowing people to help you. And I think that that's, a, that's probably what I see as the main message in this new moon. Morgan says, this describes my Virgo stallion mom to a T. Oh, good. I'm glad we're hitting on some resonances here. Well, Morgan, allow your mom to uh, delegate some responsibilities and help her eliminate some of the bad habits and, uh, you know, maybe take on some of her burdens for her if, if, you, if you are so able to. Morgan says she loves to analyze her people's habits, but that's her love language. Yes. I mean, and that's the thing, Morgan, as a Virgo stellium person with Jupiter, Mars, and Saturn and Virgo, if I care about you, I'm going to probably nag you. (laughs) That's the thing. If I don't, you're not going to probably, you know, I'm, I'm not as invested. Like, and I care about most people. Uh, but like if a Virgo rising is trying to improve you, that means that they love you. Right? That means that they are invested in you because if not, they're just going to move on and do something else or work on their own stuff. So if a Virgo rising is, is focusing that critical energy on you, as painful as it is, it's, it's good that you're seeing it as a love language because what a Virgo rising really or a Virgo type person wants is for people to, to be their best self, their healthiest self, their most efficient self. And they're offering that advice because they're saying, maybe the way that you're doing this isn't the right method. Virgos are obsessed with methodology. So they're always trying to find better methods to do things, myself included. So, so again, I know it's annoying sometimes because we're not always right. But if you can see it as a love language, it, it is such a gift sometimes when a, a Virgo cares about you enough to want to organize your life. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Tracy says, 12th house Virgo stellium, Leo, sun, Gemini, moon rising here. Yeah, yeah. So Tracy, some of this probably is uh, resonating. Thanks for your your nice comments too, Tracy. Appreciate you as well. Okay, Virgo rising. Did we hit the nails on the head there? Good. Let's keep going. Okay, Libra rising. We're heading around the bend. We've got a couple more. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, Before we hit Libra Rising, make sure that you stretch and that you like and subscribe. Okay. Uh, So Libra Rising. Libra Rising is one of our angular friends. Libra Rising has this new moon in the 10th house. It is hosted by Saturn in the 12th. And... It is making a favorable trine. Mars is making a favorable trine to Jupiter in Taurus in your second house. And the lunation itself is trining Uranus in the second house. Okay. There we go. So, angular new moon in the 10th house. Uh-oh. Oh, you know, you tried to get me, Hermes. You tried to get me. So, I apologize, friends. This is actually the Aries rising chart. So, I'm glad I caught it before I just 
started looking at this. Um, so here's, I'm going to do something else here for you, uh, Liberizing. One of the things, and thank you so much for your patience with my new process. I What I did to make things more visible is I chopped up the the charts. There's a program, Astro Gold. Yeah, thanks, Devin, for catching the two. Um, so in Astro Gold, there is a sun wheel, sun sign wheel, and um, that allows us to see the lunation in the different sun signs. So what I'm going to do instead for Libra Rising is I'm going to just pull it up, and it's not going to be exactly on the new moon, but at least we'll see it in the right houses. And I was moving around the chart and chopping it up, but I, I put the wrong um, rising sign in for that particular slide. So, sorry about that, friends. We're all learning new things, and it's all process. But here's what's cool about this. I can fix it, and we caught it in real time. And thank you for all of you who are um, catching things like the, the Virgo eyes out there too, <laughs> the Virgo types. I think I might have caught it, but I'm glad that I, I didn't go too far into it. Okay, so Libra rising. You have the new moon in the fourth house. You have Saturn hosting the new moon from the sixth house. And then we have a positive trine to Jupiter from Mars and a trine to the lunation to Uranus in your eighth house. So, oh, I love these new colors. This is a little nice little annotation program. It's fun. Okay, so there's our Libra rising chart. Fourth house new moon. Uh, oh, Devin's Libra rising. That's why I paid attention. So I'm glad you caught that, Devin. <laughs> Appreciate you, friend. Uh, so, so Devin, new moon in your fourth house, buddy. Uh, and for all of you Libra risings out there, could be a new a new start in your home environment. Um, maybe there is something where you're taking a new responsibility within your family or taking on a new responsibility with a home or a remodel or something like that. Uh, there is going to be a in sort of a, a reckoning in the fourth house with the sun coming together with Pluto. Maybe an awareness, the sun, awareness, shining light on something that has fallen into disrepair or something that has been corrupted. I, you know, if you've been following along with the channel long enough, You'll remember that I, I think of Pluto as like the plumber who's unclogging a toilet. So you can literally have plumbing problems with this aspect. Hopefully you don't. But um, this could be just something where the foundation of your life is... Uh, there's something that's showing you that there's some cracks in it that you need to, to remason. Okay? doesn't mean that it's irreparable. It just means that there's going to be something revealed about it that needs to be worked through. Oh, thanks, Eilish, for the super sticker. Appreciate you, friend. Um, let's see. Jennifer says, I need some Virgo rising to help me organize. Yes, got all our Lib Libra Virgo people helping me today. Uh, okay. So so with um, with the fourth house new moon, you know, this is something where 
Saturn is in the sixth house. So a couple things with Saturn hosting this new moon for you in the sixth house. Now, Devin's weighing in here. I'm, I'm going to see what he's saying because he's liberalizing. Looking to utilize this Mars to clean out our basement. Oh, God, I love it. And organize spaces that are underused. Oh, perfect, Devin. So I love it because Mars is helping you remove things, right? Now, I'll tell you, Devin, anytime I've gone through a basement or an attic type clean out, you find things that you didn't expect to find. <laughs> it's a, you're just unearthing things from underneath the, the surface, right? Um, uh, thank you, Tracy, for your super sticker. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate all of you who have been hanging out with me today and sticking it out for the long haul. Devin says, also, the chickens are helping us find all the holes in our backyard. Oh, see, there we go. So Devin's going to use this new moon to, to get clear about, you know, to clear out all of the stuff. And this Devin's bringing up a good point about wherever Mars is and wherever this lunation falls, there's some clearing out that needs to happen too. Like when I was talking about my Leo rising and my work habits and finding new ways to support my work, I'm probably going to have to eliminate a few of my bad time-wasting habits too. Uh, I've recently ended my fantasy football season, which was a huge boost in my productivity, to be 100% honest with you. Um, and it, it coincided exactly with my Time Lord Jupiter stationing direct. It's stationed retrograde at the beginning of the season, stationed direct on the day that uh, I... I had an interesting season. I was in two leagues. I came in last place in one league, and I won another league, which is super cool. So this, I don't know, it's just a balance. Uh, but I am kind of grateful that it's done so that I can focus on some other things. Uh, so with Saturn in your sixth house, though, liberalizing, a couple things could be happening. You may have to get realistic about your workload. There, the sixth house also is related to people that you work with. So there could be a chronic condition either with your health that needs de dealing with or that is through a, a person that you work with, um, like, a, like a contractor of some sort. Could be something that's moving slow around that process. Could be just a lot of hard, thankless work. I know when we were, Tanya and I cleaned out our basement a few months ago in the summer, it was just a lot of hard, dirty, disgusting work and a lot of difficult decisions. So for Libras, decision-making is always a fraught with somewhat of peril because they're constantly weighing the pros and cons of, of you know, keeping something, throwing it away. Does it have value? Can we sell it? Can we fix it? Is it worthwhile? You know, all of those things. I drove myself nuts when I, when I was trying to clean out stuff like trying to decide what to do with stuff. Luckily, I had a cap rising, you know, partner that was like, just don't worry about it. Just put it over in a pile. We'll figure it out. So Libra rising, if you're going through something like that, try not to get lost in each individual decision and see, try to figure out what the big picture is as far as like, if you haven't used it in like, I don't know, a couple years, you probably don't need it, you know? So this is something uh, where Part of having faith in the universe to provide is to let go of things that do have value, but don't have value for us now, right? And you could donate them. You could curb it. And in my city, Vipsilani, Michigan, there's a very healthy curb score culture. So you put something out on the curb in Ypsilanti, Michigan, it's most of the time, if it has any value, it's gone within an hour, sometimes much shorter. And maybe over an up, 
Portland, Devin, there's a similar type of experience. So if even if it doesn't have value for you in this moment, you put it on the curb, someone else can, can find value in it. Um, with trying to Jupiter, I think that this is an important time to make plans with your partner too and to shake up your routines on how you support one another. So uh, this could be a great time to as assess and, and reevaluate how you share responsibilities and resources and things of that nature. Your time lord, or I'm sorry, not your time lord, your, your, the ruler of your ascendant is Venus. And Venus is moving through Sagittarius right now. It's starting to separate from the squares to Saturn, right? And, and it moved out of its exile in, in Scorpio. Um, you're probably getting you fired up a little bit. Oh yeah, Devin says we call it free boxing. Yes, that's, I love it. Um, the only warning I have for you Libra Risings with, with Venus is that it's going to be moving into a square with Neptune at a certain point. So just be careful about, you know, over-idealizing certain parts of the, the process. Uh, Saturn really asks for a sober, uh, kind of ruthless <laughs> reality check. And if we get too lost in like, I, I can imagine like Devin's gonna, like he's going to be going through his basement, maybe something sentimental, he wants to hang on to it. I'm just, I'm, I'm projecting my own Cancerian Taurus sentimentality. Um, but, you know, try to get, be a little bit ruthless about whether it truly is something that is supporting you in your current form, or if it's just something you're hanging on to out of nostalgia, out of an old form or something of that nature. So Libra rising, I hope that helps. Uh, you're gonna, you know, this is helping you set up, and this is a big, this is a big deal. Like, I often find that when we do these big cleanouts in our home, it really helps move the needle in other parts of our life. I really am a firm believer in feng shui, and oftentimes when we're ready to to shake up stagnant energy, that means that we're just opening space for the the things and the people and the situations that will resonate with us now. So Libra rising, you're at a big inflection point where this, this clean out of things that you've buried underground is moving you towards an, a, a new healthy independence within your, your partnerships, right? A new uh, sovereignty that you could start experiencing as Devin so wisely pointed out at the, uh, at the eclipse that's happening uh, around the first weeks of April at 19 degrees of Aries, right where the North Node is right now. So big turning point moving towards maybe more independence within your relationships, maybe even just more freedom. I think oftentimes our things, we're chained and bound to them. And when we get rid of them, that can really help us to feel a sense of freedom. Okay, let's move on. And I'm gonna see if I can go back to my slides. I had the wrong slide up for Libra Rising. I had the Aries slide, but hopefully I didn't, I don't, only did that. Yeah, so the Scorpio one's correct. So let's go to Scorpio Rising. Please do me a huge favor. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, please sign up for the newsletter. Uh, check out the Deccans of Capricorn, which are 20% off right now if you're enjoying this talk. Uh, I do a much more in-depth version of it with a lot more myths and tarot card and fixed star associations. And you can get that on sale right now. Um, making sure that I'm moving. I feel like, sort of like, you guys know Pat McAfee? I, I have mixed feelings about Pat McAfee. He's a sports podcaster, but that dude, he's not sitting. He's like, just like, 
he's moving around the whole time. Maybe that's what I need to do, just like do this standing up or do it on a treadmill or something like that. Okay. Oh. I'm just checking in with the chat here. Steven says, that makes sense now. My Libra sun and moon and rising partner took two weeks to paint our kitchen. Would not let me touch a damn thing. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, they're just trying to make it beautiful. You know, they're trying to make the, the space beautiful. There's a lot of decisions to make when you're, when you're trying to improve the aesthetics of your space, especially if you're a Libra person who takes that kind of thing very seriously. So, you know, it's probably a beautiful, a beautiful new kitchen, right? Um, so there you go. Devin says, 100% suggest getting any of Spencer's one-on-one -on -one stuff. Good, good, Devin. Yeah, Devin and I have connected in that way in the past, and I really enjoyed working with you, friend. And um, yeah, this is the, there's, there's, um, it's 2024. So this is a great time to like, try to get some long range vision for the, the coming year ahead. And uh, Saturn in Pisces is a great opportunity to reevaluate any personal narratives in your life. The mythos reading that I do really helps us to understand our personal stories and our personal narratives. And that can really lead to some breakthroughs. So, so check it out. You can find me at spencermichaud.com. That is where you'll find all of my readings and all of my offerings. Okay, there it is. Uh, and you can go to the book now button at spencermichaud.com to, to book a reading. All right. Okay. So let's talk Scorpio rising. We got two more left. You all are so great for hanging in here today. Oh, good. Steven is appreciating the way the kitchen looks now. Partner did a great job. I love it. Okay, Scorpio Rising. We have a new moon for you in the third house. It is hosted by Saturn in your fifth. And it is making a harmonious trine trines, set of trines, Mars to Jupiter uh, in your seventh, and the lunation to Uranus in your seventh as well. So what is that going to break down for us here? Well, we've got Saturn providing from the fifth, and this trine happening from the seventh. Let's, let's make our drawings all fancy. There we go. Good enough. Okay. So third house, what does that represent? Third house is a, again, you know, you'll hear modern astrologers talk about communication, talk about siblings, extended family members, all of which are true, short journeys, etc. Really, the, the deeper esoteric meaning of the third house to me is the uh, intuitive knowledge the joy of the moon, where you're trusting your own gut and intuition rather than having to blindly follow along with some orthodox system. So really, the two things that could be happening with this. You, this could be a really great start for trusting your own intuition and trusting your own ability to create the habits and routines that work for you rather than trying to uh, conform to some kind of system that works or doesn't work for you, okay? There could be some revelations happening 
around us, a partner, a sibling, an extended family member, a, a neighbor. Uh, when we have new moons like uh, this one in a Caden house, oftentimes the, the, the events happen to people on the peripheral. Like that happen, it doesn't necessarily, the events aren't happening to us. Like we are affected by the events, but we're not always experiencing them as intensely individually as we would if they were in an angular house. Uh, that doesn't mean that, that it's not going to be new starts for you. Like this, this could be on, taking on new responsibility with within a family. Um, sometimes this third house can be everything that's pulling us away from a foundation. So this might be the work that you have to do before creating a family, before like uh, f establishing the Saturnian blueprint that you're going to build the rest of your life on. Third house, I find is a more about habitual patterns. Oftentimes, a lot of times people will look at the sixth house for our daily habits and routines and patterns. I tend to see that more as a third house thing. Um, and with Mars there, we may need to cut out some things that are interfering with our productivity. And, and Saturn is giving us a huge reality check in our fifth house of how we pursue pleasure and creativity and and entertainment maybe there's something that's a distraction okay like or that maybe there's some a substance that isn't good for you that needs to go and Saturn and Mars is gonna really help you cut that out and Saturn is gonna say if you if you do the hard work of of reevaluating this and of getting real um, it's gonna lead to benefits in the future and by cutting out those bad habits that actually might help you with a relationship challenge as well. Maybe some of the things like maybe, oh, I don't know. One of my ad like addictive things in my own personality is games. You know, I, I have Neptune in the, in the fifth house. And sometimes there, there's a attraction. I find wherever Neptune is in my experience, that's where time and, and reality just seems to like fall into a, a whirlpool void. So like for me, I can lose a lot of time playing games, whether it's things like fantasy football or stupid little games on my phone. Um, so if there's something where you're seeking pleasure and it's, it's interfering with your sense of reality or with your relationships, eliminating that and getting a really like a solar plutonic awakening can help with the, your relationships too. Because oftentimes when we're, when we're disassociating, okay, this is a thing that, that happens when reality becomes too tough. This is, this, I think, with Neptune in the fifth here, there might be some disassociation uh, around that. Um, we aren't as present to be good partners. And when we're able to cut out some of those things that, that keep us from being in our current reality, then we can start crafting the joyful experiences that we want to have with the people that we are in with this with in this life in this dimension in this plane and sometimes it's hard to do i i i have sympathy for folks that are struggling with this um i, I tend to be a person that is not immune to disassoci disassociative tendencies sometimes reality just becomes too much and i just have to check out a little bit um, this is true of anyone who's sensitive and with Scorpio rising there's a lot of sensitivity there there's a lot of ability to feel others pain and um, their emotions and and oftentimes Scorpio placements in general 
oftentimes will struggle with substance abuse and things like that or or addictive tendencies there's there's other reasons for that also um if you check out my decans of scorpio webinar uh, i go into a lot of depth around the 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 need to release old forms scorpio is a composting energy so sometimes we can get overly attached to those old forms there's actually a kind of a secret nostalgia in scorpio where we're, where we're revisiting something but sometimes only temporarily so maybe during this new moon revisit whatever it is that's challenging you temporarily but for the specific purpose of moving forward so that you can make this beautiful new start uh, this could be also just be if it's not as serious as like you know sobriety or something like that it could be something where you're just putting a lot of energy into your daily habits your daily routines restructuring uh, and the work that you're doing is going to start paying off uh, in especially with the way that you relate to others and to the public so keep it up and this is a turning point too where you may be moving away from some of the the self undoing self harming habits and into a, a, a new ability to take on hard work right all of us have times where we're you know undermining our sense of competency and this could be one of those times where through removing the bad habit you're you're moving towards an ability to move under your own power which I think that that will feel really good for you Scorpio rising okay let's move on last but certainly not least is Sagittarius rising you all have been so patient thank you for your patience today going through I know that we've we start with uh, the the rising sign associated with the the lunation solar placement and for you Sag rising I know that you got ants in your pants but here we go ready let's do it okay Sagittarius rising and I'm gonna check in in the chat real quick here Devin says I love those views of the third house I've been adding our flora and fauna relatives as third house herbalism natural or green magic as well as the joy of the moon Ooh, I like that Devin I like that um, I have a jade plant that has been on the struggle bus because I overwatered it and over fertilized it and it started to get some rot and I've been trying to to heal that and maybe thinking of it as a third house kind of extension of our family might be helpful it's starting to improve I, I gave it more light and cut away the rot and it really needs a new pot but it's it's a 20 25 year old jade plant that's probably too big for its pot at this point um but yes that that is a joy usher is a really great author for for learning about esoteric house meanings in her books about that, that are there's two books a tiny universe and then uh, there's a second one that I think has a similar a tiny universe companion those books are really great for some of those ho esoteric house meanings okay sad rising second house new moon hosted by Saturn in the fourth house making harmonious trines to Jupiter in the sixth and Uranus in the sixth we'll use purple for our arrow okay second house new moon 
And Stephen, the Jupiterian, the Sagittarian, uh, was hinting at this earlier when talking about Mars moving through his second house and uh, putting a lot of effort and energy into um, expanding his ability to bring in more resources and things of that nature. Um, so this could be something where Sagittarius risings or Sagittarius suns, sometimes you see some overlap with sun sign astrology and rising sign astrology. This could be something where you're taking on a new mantle of responsibility to bring in more resources. Um, you could be cutting out some some bad habits around purchases with Mars exalted, uh, helping you to understand the best place to put your energy. Uh, there there may be a revelation of something that has got fallen into corruption with your budget potentially with the with the Sun and Pluto coming together in the second house, but it's just showing you the way towards transformation and helping you to root out the the corruption that is holding you back. I mean, this is the thing that the gift that Pluto gives us, I think, is when we are able to utilize that energy to its highest, it shows us what isn't working so that we can make the changes necessary to make it work. Um, it brings things to the surface to be dealt with. Now, with Saturn hosting from the fourth house, a lot of the the stories that, that need to be worked through and changed come through the home, through the domestic situation. Stephen already confirmed that, that their their home with his partner has been going through some renovations. So some of the dreams of a new kitchen have become real and some of the ones that weren't feasible or possible have been returned to the earth. Uh, there could be some responsibilities in your home and your family that have coming up through this new moon. Maybe there's, I don't know how much all you all spent on things like Stephen lives in San Francisco question marks <laughs> so like it ain't cheap out there so there's there's probably uh, you, you got to stay within budget I'm assuming um, but the 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 work that you do to remove any obstructions could lead to a really nice experience with you know feeling healthier uh, maybe through going through your budget it helps you to have a good experience with a contractor or something of that nature. Maybe you're working with a new contractor with Uranus there in the sixth house or a new practitioner like a doctor or something like that. And that could help you uh, maintain better health or better, uh, uh, just a better experience overall. Now, the moon and the sun are at the bending of the nodes moving away from uh, a group consciousness and moving more towards feeling some independence towards your own personal creative experience. So instead of just needing the approval of the group and the community, kind of just doing your own thing now. And that's going to feel really good, especially when the eclipse comes in April. A lot of the changes that you're making to the structure of your life right now will be able to lead to a lot of joy and, and pleasure and maybe even entertaining maybe with like the the remodel of the kitchen Stephen, you can do some entertaining or something like that and that'll feel good for your libra rising partner or libra partner Stephen says yes on a shoestring budget here so so probably the revelation of of some things within the budget with the the sun pluto conjunction um the good news for you sag risings is that your your ascendant ruler jupiter recently stationed direct so if things have been held in a holding pattern for a long period of time, you might start to feel things moving forward again. Now, Jupiter is encouraging you to do the hard work necessary before a revelation. Um, I think that sixth house Jupiter says, 
hey, it's, it's, it's important to do the work that the, the hard, dirty work that you're not getting a lot of credit for before you get the celebration, which is the seventh house experience. So it's, it's, it's okay to work behind the scenes with this new moon and get the things done that need to be done. You got Venus moving through your first house right now. Mercury is about to leave Sagittarius and move into your second. So that could also lead to a better experience with both partners and with your, your working life as well. Steven says, I am like Burger King. Have it my way. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Sagittarius, do you feel, do you feel seen? You feel like you've got a, a, a strategy for this new moon? All right. Good. All right, my friends. Well, let's, uh, let's see what we have next here. We're going to do the I Ching for this particular lunation. Before we do that, do me a huge favor. Stretch out. <laughs> Move around a little bit. Please like and subscribe to the channel. If you want to make a material donation, you know what to do. There's a little dollar sign. You can also buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com. But let's talk about this particular, uh, let's talk about this particular I Ching. I got hexagram number 10, which is called treading or treading on the, the tail of the tiger. And it is changing to hexagram number 25. And treading also can be interpreted as conduct, circumspection, daring, treading carefully, or stepping on the tiger's tail. In my favorite I Ching book, here you can see it here, The Laws of Change by Jack M. Balkin, I Ching and the Philosophy of Life, awesome book, pick it up. He has uh, a, an interpretation of the second changing line. And it says, walking a smooth level path, the perseverance of a recluse brings good fortune. So I'm going to read to you from this particular interpretation in this book. I like the way that he frames it. He's a Yale professor and has some really interesting ways of thinking about it. It says, to walk a smooth and level path means behaving with moderation and modesty. Keep a low profile. Do not engage in reckless enthusiasms or get carried away in unrealistic desires. Don't be demanding or engage in self-pity. Instead, focus on what needs to be done without show or ceremony. Move forward quietly and you will succeed. The text compares this way of behaving to that of a recluse. A hermit does not get entangled in the affairs of others and is content with his lot. He does not allow himself to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the world. He does not chase after the ever-shifting criteria of fame and renown. He does not measure his worth through the eyes of others, and he does not feel the pangs of worldly striving. Because he maintains his independence and his integrity, and because his needs and desires are few, he gains true freedom. Because he struggles with no one, no one struggles with him. Ooh, I like that. That to me feels very much like Saturn. Like Saturn in Pisces, Capricorn energy. It just says, you know what? Keep your head down. Do what needs to be done. You don't have to make a big show of it. Uh, you know, keep to your own business. Do the hard work necessary to do things the right way. And you won't have to make a fuss about things. You don't make a fuss about it, no one's going to make a fuss about it with you. It sounds very Capricorn to me and very Saturnian. So that 
is the changing line that is helping us change to the hexagram number 25. And that is a hexagram that translates to innocence. Without expectations, without guile, acting naturally, spontaneity, the unexpected. Maybe that's part of the Uranian influence in this. Um, I think that when we, when we act without dictating the way that fate is going to repay us for our hard work, that will allow us to be pleasantly surprised by the universe. So I think that innocence is just, it's not like we are inexperienced. It's just going in without expectations, saying, you know what, I'm going to do the hard work and I'm not going to demand that the universe provide this particular outcome. I think that's really important, especially with Saturn and Pisces. It's really asking us to be like, hey, we're going to do the hard work and then we're going to let go of the oars and let the currents of our life lead us where we need to be. Okay. So, oh, Azure is here. Nice to see you, Azure. Uh, uh, hopefully, I'm always I'm trying to pronounce all these, these names properly, but nice to see you, friend. Um, so, that's our hexagram. 10 with the changing line number 2 to hexagram number 25, Innocence. And then we're going to look at our animal for this lunation, and that is the woodpecker. And here you can see a nice, beautiful, pileated woodpecker, one of the largest, I believe the largest woodpecker that we have. Um, beautiful birds. I've actually seen a few of them in person here in the northern United States. They're, they're shocking how big they are. They're, they're crow size, big, big crow size. Um, beautiful birds. And the, uh, the, the woodpecker is an interesting bird. What I find interesting about pulling this animal for this particular lunation is that in indigenous astrology, the woodpecker is actually a symbol for cancer season. So it's almost like a balancing medicine or energy for the, the, the Capricorn stack up. Um, Woodpeckers are, are wonderful parents. They are very protective of their young. They are good at recognizing opportunity, like opportunity knocking. I find that when woodpeckers appear to me, they are showing me that there's new opportunities for new rhythms in our lives, for uh, something, that, uh, something that has puzzled you in the past. There is a new solution to it. In my own experience, like I've been trying to upgrade your viewing experience for a couple months and I wasn't finding the right thing and finally stumbled upon the right thing here and it seems to be working out with the woodpecker. Uh, so this is something where you may revive something that you thought was potentially dead. That's another interesting correlation with the sun and Pluto with the lord of the underworld. Like this is sort of a, a Pluto Kazemi breathing new life into a project. And woodpeckers, they, they find their food on dead wood. So this is another thing where we're, you know, if you thought something was, was already passed, maybe there's a new way to, to experience it and to work through it, especially with the trine, with the lunation, with Uranus. And by continuing to work hard with Mars in Capricorn and its exaltation, you're going to find that it's going to bring good results. Mars in Capricorn doesn't work with bombast. It just goes about doing the hard work necessary. It, it delays gratification. That's, I think that's another 
part about this. The woodpecker can also speak to delayed gratification because it has to work really hard to get to that those termites in the wood, right? It has to burrow a hole. Um, and we may have to bang our heads against it a few times to figure it out. We may have to embrace the suck like we were talking about earlier, embracing difficult things that actually expand a part of our brain that leads us into to greater longevity. So that is what I've got for you today with our I Ching and our animal of the day. And again, if you want to schedule a reading, you can find me at spencermichaud.com. Uh, if you would like to find more of my teaching materials, if you'd like to find the Deccans webinars, you can look at the store on there, the Deccans of Capricorns on sale. Do me a huge favor, like and subscribe to the channel, and uh, please share the video with friends. Word of mouth is great too. If, you, if you've had a great reading or if you enjoy this material, share, share it with a friend. That's always a great way to, to help out your, your friendly content creators online and your friendly astrologers. Word of mouth goes a long way. So I appreciate all of you coming and, and experiencing this new start with me here today. And I wish you a very happy new moon. We'll be right here back next week. I think we're going to do a Capricorn Q&A. And we'll be able to hopefully by that time um, highlight your individual comments on the channel as well on the screen. So I read all of them, but it'll be nice to be able to see them and read them at the same time and be able to give you all a little bit of FaceTime on the channel as well. So hang in there, friends, and I will see you the next time. Remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and we'll all get through this together. Take care, friends. Peace.